Is there a theme song or something? There should be. Yeah, it's by uh, by Ariel Pink. Right. There definitely be. Uh... <laughs> you get the legal rights to it. <laughs> that, that'll be amazing. <laughs> Listen, I think we've pretty much uh, started already. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Break the Rule Stream. I am your host Lev Poliakov at Lev Poe on Twitter. We have got a fantastic panel for you today. I hope Geo's put something under his hat. I like that the lamppost looks very similar to the hat. By the way, there's a there's similar energy going on. Oh you know, shit! You know yeah, it's, you're these right. things come in pairs. Uh, and we have today Steph, aka Uberboyo. We've got Ariel Pink back with doing? us, back with us in the house. And we've got Neil, Gnostic Informant, and today we are going to be talking about Gnosticism and nihilism. And I think that this is a good time for this kind of conversation. Everything is going to hell in a handbasket right now. The apocalypse is coming. So now is the time for us to figure out where we are, where we're going. And uh, once again, everybody be sure to like, subscribe, and be sure to click the bell. Clicking the bell is extremely important because that's what's going to bring the... Um, the numbers up due to the algorithm as well as the liking so anyway the reason why i did this stream is actually because of ariel because ariel you were very interested in the topic of topic of gnosticism and can you tell me why you are interested in this topic and that would be the uh, start of the conversation so go for it um well i uh i don't know there's just a few things that there's a few things that i um feel like I can I can sort of weigh in on and that I have uh, some sort of uh, knowledge of I mean I but but then again my knowledge of it is not is not I'm on I'm, I'm a I'm a charlatan in, in that like everything else but it's an it's an interesting topic to me that's all and uh, we have Gnostic Informant, who has been very thorough when it comes to Gnosticism, and Steph, who has been very thorough when it comes to Nietzsche. Where would you say your views diverge? And the two of you have known each other for quite a while now as well, which I'm very happy about. So let's start actually with, uh, well, let's start with Gnostic Informant. So when it comes to Nietzsche's views and the views of Gnosticism, where do you, uh, where do you differ? Where do you diverge? Well, first of all, Gnosticism is very, you need, we have to define what it is first, because there are some people who define it as Demiurge theory, where the Demiurge creates the world and Sophia is wisdom. And then there's the Christ, the Logos that comes from Valentinian Gnosticism, but there's also pre proto-Christian Gnosticism that goes back to Egypt. And, um, one of the, one of the people who passed down a lot of this to us was Basilides, the, this, uh, Egyptian priest named Basilides, he thought there was 365 gods. This was a whole different, this is not even Christianity, this is something else. And um, he also, so you have you have the Demiurge theory, and then you have what people consider basically Neoplatonism, where it's the, you instead of salvation through faith, it's salvation through gnosis. That is a way more broader term. I, I like to go with that because there's a large umbrella of different types of Gnostics underneath that Valentinian facilities, uh, just the Gnostic. There's all these different types of, um, and, and so if you define it that way, now all of a sudden you have, you can, you can branch out into Neopythagoreanism, you can Neoplatonism, Christian Gnosticism. But if you just go with Demiurge theory, you're very limited on what you can actually say about what the Gnostics thought. In fact, there's some scholars who think that Gnosticism isn't even a real, real thing. It's just a term that we call. It isn't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's a 
it's a very vague term. It's basically, right, yeah. it's it's basically like whatever is, um, whatever other. It's it's basically uh, like a like you know the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff like that, or, 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 or like just like things that are not conventional biblical. Yeah. Mean, it's not it's not pagan, but it's basically it's it's. I guess it could be pagan from what you're saying. Well, that, that's why I like to define it as salvation through attaining gnosis instead of salvation through faith. Because now you have something that you can actually define it as instead of just saying, oh, these Dead Sea Scrolls or these non-Kamadi scriptures, those are all Gnostic. We're just painting a brush over everything that's not um, that's not canon or or considered to be, you know, mainstream or, you know, orthodox, basically. Because that's a whole different now we're talking about we're just lumping everything together, so that's why I like to keep it in the in the simple definition of. It gets confusing though when you when you when you when you say agnostic then. Agnostic, yeah, that's a whole different term. It's agnostic is just I don't know, I don't have an answer, I'm not sure about if there's a god or not a god. Gnosticism is different. Gnosticism is talking about gnosis, attaining gnosis. So there cannot be agnostic gnostics. Well, no, it de- well it depends though. I mean. Like Gnosticism, it depends on what flavor of variety. There's some that uh, I guess you could say remain agnostic on certain theological questions. There are some who like have a lot. They're of agnostic other, like, on the on on how yeah. uh, religious they are. Yeah, like there's some who have like outright. It's not, about, like, it's not about knowledge about how knowledgeable they are. They're just they're they're not knowledgeable about the subject at hand, God. <laughs> Whatever. Right, right, right. Mm, um, right. What about those athe- have, what about like, really atheist Gnostics as well? Would there be atheist Gnostics? You can be an atheist and a Gnostic at the same time, yes. See, but then that That's gets... That's crazy, con- actually. That <laughs> gets very confusing when it comes to nihilism well, and yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, Gnosticism. I'll tell you how that works. So you don't believe in an actual God as a theistic God, but you believe that you can attain the Gnosis of a v- variety of, of, of uh, intellectual subjects, um, you, you can become God yourself. You, well, you can you can acquire gnosis, and without having to believe in an actual God that you need to be subservient to. So it's very deistic. This is probably this would probably you could very actually argue, you could actually argue that Jungian type of Gnosticism would fall under this branch because there's not really you're not really um, you're not a Christian at this point. You're just you're following the gnosis, but you're using the actual term gnosis as the the uh the main top pillar basically well would that be that different from nietzsche's view because from what i understand nietzsche did not believe in god he did not believe in there being any superpowers out there beyond what we know so steph would that then qualify as being the closest thing to a nietzschean uh, a gnostic who is an atheist and be sure yeah Yes, I am here. I am here. Well, if I was to discuss Gnosticism, I'd probably, as always, LARP about first principles. I'd like to bring it back to um, a, a grounding perspective because this, this stuff, when you start talking about beliefs and belief systems and whatnot, it very, very easily wanders into the realm of untethered abstraction. I always like to take psychological views on this stuff. So, for example, the very, very simple frame that you can look at it. And this is very Nietzschean, perhaps, in the way you look at it, although it's not exclusively Nietzschean. If you sit down and you think to yourself, What's the foundational thesis that most people come up with about what life is? All right. So what is all the wisdom and all the wise people say? They always say life is suffering. 
basically saying life is hard. And this is very true. Life is a, a, a hard experience. Psychologically, for your mind, it is difficult to live for many reasons. There's an awful, an awful lot of stress. There's an awful lot of suffering. And if you actually look at the kind of ends of life, you end up dead. And if you look out into the natural world, if you watch David Attenborough for a while, you realize that it ends badly for quite a lot of animals and us as well. Like you get ripped apart and all this type of stuff. The basic psychological thesis underneath what we call Gnosticism, but this is not exclusively Gnosticism, this is just a, a form of belief that comes out of this, is that when you look out into the world and you confront the problem of suffering, you look out into the world and you realize that the world is being run by these laws, these rules, the laws of nature, and these laws have led to the way nature and life operates as it is. And you look out and you see a fucking animal get its spleen ripped out while it's still alive and kicking. And you sort of say to yourself, this isn't fucking right. This is, this is pretty fucking bad. And then you look at, like, you know, your grandmother, like, get rither and die. And you look at, like, maybe a kid die or something like this. And you're sort of like, man, fuck this shit. Like, this can't be right. This is bad. This is, this, this world is incorrect. This world is, there's something up here. And I am also a part of this. I've got all these passions inside of me. I sit down and I've got this like urge inside of me to fuck. And when I actually analyze that passion with this mind of mine, and we'll get to that in a second, I start to realize, holy shit, that urge to fuck is like a trick. That urge to fuck is a trick to try to get me to bang some idiot so I produce another kid who can just churn away in the meat grinder of some sort. It's just, it's, it's just a ruse. And then I, my urge to eat, well, in order for me to eat to become strong and healthy so I can fuck nice and hard, is I have to go and I have to kill another animal. I have to murder another animal, cause suffering to it, and do this. And then in order for me to have status so I'm attractive to this woman, I have to go and I have to compete and take stuff from other people and give it to myself and all this type of stuff. I have to violently go and conquer the world. And you, you analyze all this and you realize, holy shit, I'm a bee. I'm a monster. I'm part of nature. And because I'm part of nature, I'm a demon. What the fuck? And wait, wait a second. I, there's something in me that's able to become aware of this. I'm able to sit there with my mind and look at this and realize that I'm a demon. So there's a separation that starts to happen. All of a sudden, my mind is able to understand that there's this body and there's also this world out there but nothing else in the world is conscious except for me i'm the only thing that's conscious everything else in the world all the animals they aren't conscious most fucking people aren't fucking conscious the rocks certainly aren't conscious so that whole world out there which i am a part of my body is in is 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 not the same as what i am i have this spark of light inside of myself i'm special and this is where people start to see this idea of the Gnostic soul, the aware soul, the awakened soul, the woke, the original concept of the woke. This is, you know, this is back thousands of years. No. And this does not show up in the singular belief system. This shows up in, this is the Buddhist thesis in, yeah. in its most simple essence. Janana. Janana. Evil. Go on, sorry. I said Janana is what they called it. It's actually a cognitive the, gnosis. Yes, yes, yes. And then they would see samsara. Um, Schopenhauer read Buddhism and saw this. And Nietzsche, if you want to understand him, is essentially literally just an answer to Schopenhauer. Schopenhauer saw the Buddhist doctrine, which was essentially the Gnostic doctrine, and everybody said we have this spark of light inside of our heads, and it's self-aware like nothing else, and it realizes that the world is evil, and the moral position that you need to take is you need to try escape this world. Now, Gnostics, specifically what we understand as that belief system, come up with a theory <laughs> that the world has been created by a demiurge, an evil bastard, a fake, a liar, and he has tricked us all to play in this game. And the way that you end the game is that you escape, you, you, you become aware, and then you transport back into the real world. 
Plato is very similar and Buddha is sort of similar but a little bit more hardcore where he basically says you escape and the act of like turning off is in some sense the, like there is no other world you go to you're just sort of vanished bro hate to break it you but it's like proper like kind of scary in that way and then Schopenhauer like takes all this and this is all this is all these belief systems are all married by you could say an archetypal psychological response to the problem of suffering in life and if you want to understand Nietzsche he looks at Schopenhauer and he says that this th what's happening here psychologically is that you're looking out at the problem of suffering and because you're weak because you struggle you you form this moral negative attitude towards life which means that you have to deny life he called them life deniers he called christianity plato buddhism schopenhauer he called, all the, all of them were called life deniers and he said that the actual answer the correct philosophy is not to do that psychological thing where you look and notice the problem of suffering and deny life and create some type of cope belief system in order to justify it Instead, what you have to do is realize that this is just a psychological error that you're having. And instead, life and nature is good and valid, and you must affirm it and embrace it fully for what it is. And we can talk about what that means later, because I'm, I'm talking an awful lot right now. But uh, that would be like the, the simplest psychological grounding of the whole idea and uh, how it leads into Nietzsche. And you could argue that Ubermensch, Superman, is the ultimate gnosis, is the ultimate form of attaining the, the final gnosis, is the Ubermensch. There, there's there's a couple of ways you can talk about the Ubermensch. Um, maybe, maybe we'll get into that later. Yeah, like that's it's, that's it's a complication there, like mm. because it could have been as simple. Wait, Nietzsche with Gnosticism is kind of like a bit too far, I guess. Like there is certainly Gnost Gnostic tendencies, but. Mm. But oh, where did Uber Royal go? Oh, no, easy. Oh, sorry, my numlock was on. I was totally fucked. By the way, I do have something underneath my hat. Yes, if you can yeah. guess what is underneath Geo's hat, we're going to do something special for you. Like, is see it, if you can come Uber close. Man? I'll give you a hint. I Well, maybe it could be. It could be the the, 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 the new child. Um, Okay, so here's a hint. I'm in my studio room. So what does that mm. imply? It's, it's a guitar. No, not that. Stupid. Okay, I think it's a. I, th I think it's like a paint canister, like a little paint canister. That's that's my guess. You know, a tube. Uh, yeah, like a little paint tube. No, like a little scrunched no. up. No, okay. the Mona Lisa. Oh, maybe it could be. No, yeah. no I'm kidding. No. I don't know. Okay, well, you guys figure it out. And also, I just want to do a shout out to the current king of the super chat, Alex Redmond. 3869 that is the amount of money for this month's king or queen of the super chat depending on who comes in here so the super chat calendar is active sneed those super chats and be sure to subscribe and like and click the bell and all that good stuff anyway when it comes to this question of uh gnosticism versus uh you know this nietzschean whatever you want to call it my distinction is with again where do we draw the line between what is possible to experience in this reality? Because as far as I understand, the Nietzscheans, they have a particular grounding towards, like uh, Steph was talking about, nature. That there are particular, particular expected things. And then we have Tyler Hamilton on the show who talked about there being a physical resurrection of every single person on the planet Earth when Jesus comes. And, uh, Neil, we counted how many people that would be, right? Like, the amount of people that have ever existed on the planet Earth. Like one person for every square three feet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we can go all the way from nature to wait, so wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What was that calculation? It was something along the lines of 
every square three feet would have one person on it. No, all, all the land, not the water, not the oceans. No way, dude. Yes, there's, there's like more people that are that are alive right now than than have been alive in uh, all all history. Well, that we know of, though. But I mean, I, I mean, there's so. plenty of room. There's plenty of room. We, all right, we, how we, many we people? Could have been a prior like, civilization. Okay, so it says over here, 107 billion people. That's the estimation uh, of uh, no. the people who have ever lived. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. Since what? Since we? Since since Homo? Uh, uh, Homo sapien, probably right. Yeah. Since when? Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess since the uh, since they began tracking the amount. It's of... It's all the same person. What do you mean, all the same person? I mean, we're all the same person. I mean, we all Sh come from the same the same uh, DNA split. You know what I'm saying? It's like sure, same, same sure, point. but but I, I guess the point. Real quick. Yes. About the uh, what, what about Nietzsche? Another link from Nietzsche to Nazis. Yes. Because there's two two branches of philosophy that go back to the ancient Greeks that are about what makes up reality. And you got the Platonists who think that there's forms. So there's another heaven, there's a hell, and everything's forms. Then you have the Epicureans who are the ones who are pretty much vindicated through science who think that everything is atoms and void. Nietzsche would be an Epicurean. He's actually written about this. This is why he uh, opposes Platonism. Christianity is pretty much Neoplatonism. But um, the, uh, a reason why Nietzsche would link to Gnosticism is because um, Nietzsche, he opposed the Old Testament God in the same way the Gnostics thought the Old Testament God was the Demiurge. So you can argue that, in a sense, he follows the Gnostic view towards the Creator. By the way, Demiurge is the same word that Plato uses in Timaeus. It literally means Creator. So the Demiurge, the Creator, the cause of all this suffering and evil is something to oppose, is something to try to struggle with. And that's where the that's where I think Steph and tell me if I'm wrong. I think that's where you see the connection between Nietzsche and the, and the Gnostics. I, I, if I may say something, yeah. uh, I, to me, because because to me, these things as a um, as I was raised Jewish, so uh, so the Old Testament is what I'm most familiar with, and I think a lot you know plenty of Christians are are just as familiar, if not more so. Um, mm, oh, I think Gnostic would argue about that a little bit later, but go on. The what? Well, so Gnostic and I talked about how the uh, Hebrew Old Testament had certain sayings that the Christians took out of uh, context, and as a result, certain things that they thought, you know, in Christianity were talking about the Messiah and the Old Testament were complete fabrications in relation to what actually they meant to uh, say. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. That That's true. Um, but, um, but I also think that like, you know, the same argument, argument could be made, uh, about Jesus himself, you know, uh, and, and, and the, the but, but I, but I also think that like, there's a, I think that the, see, see my, my view of the, the old Testament and, and I, cause I, I see very much, I see all this stuff as being very in line in the tradition that was laid down by the Old Testament. The tradition, and I, I mean, this could even be, uh, uh, this, this, this also has a, you know, I mean, Greek mythology has, has, this, uh, has a similar thread through it, you know, the, the tragic nature of it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, but I think it's unique with, with Judaism 
or with the uh, with the Hebrews because um, what the precedent that is set and the lineage that we all sort of come from at this point now is uh, um, is is was was laid down by uh, by those uh, by those books and um, and what is the story that we you know what what do Jews actually worship you know there's kind of like a spiritual vacuum in in Judaism if you haven't noticed. It may as well be Satanist, you know. I mean, it's it's we 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 killed Jesus. Well, that's that, that's a not the, what you just said would agree with the Gnostics, actually. So yes, that's what I'm saying. So so, but but I but I believe that it's the Gnostics and and Christianity are the same thing, and Judaism. I, what I'm saying is that like they are all part and parcel of the same thing. They're just there's one. There's, they're like the shadow side in the Jungian terms, whatever. Gnostics are. You know, the, the when Eve bit the apple on the tree of knowledge, that's what she was doing. She was, she was, she was. She Marcion, was, one of the church fathers who is condemned as a heretic, was a Gnostic, and he believed what you just said. He said that the serpent was lying, or no, the serpent was actually telling the truth. It was the it was the demiurge that was lying, and he's the one who caused everything, all the well, stuff. From that moment forward. Well, I, what I think is happening is is that like when when no wonder when, he was condemned as a heretic. Yeah. When, when we read that that part of the the Bible, when 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 you know it's one of the earliest things that you do. You know, we we just take it for granted. It's a book of fairy tales, right? Or, or no, 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 it's not a book of fairy tales. I mean, the story of creation is kind of weird, right? We don't take it so literally, but we just sort of gloss over that part. We just sort of like read that, and that becomes the sort of that's, that's the first thing that we read in the book. Okay, I mean, like this sort of like is like the the foundation that we're going to build our entire understanding of the world, the Bible, whatever, whatever stories we're like we're, we're, the interpretation. And it just seems like it's a it's a glaring oversight to kind of just gloss over what it means when when you when you say oh we bit the apple on the tree of knowledge i mean you know knowledge is a good thing right i mean we we learn that it's a good thing it's something that we should attain but we all of a sudden are are faced with this eve bit the apple on the tree of knowledge and we're just supposed to like sort of like accept that as being some sort of like uh some sort of a bad thing well, there's you, no wonder there's there's never any clarification as to what that means, what, what mm. it's a, if, it, if well, it's a, I'm curious if it, if from if we're a, supposed to interpret it in sort of some sort of way that, that, you know, that, that kind of like, you know, makes sense to us. It, well, I'm, it, curi it, it, I'm curious it, it, from it the Christian perspective. And then all of a sudden, you know, and, and the punishment for that was, was that she was, uh, that, that they saw themselves as uh, naked for the first time and all that kind of stuff. And that she, and she, the pain of childbirth. And you start to like wonder you to yourself, oh, okay, well, what were they doing for? I mean, it, it, the whole thing's just sort of like, you know, is like, a kind of like nonsense drill and 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 i think that that's that's us biting the apple on the tree of knowledge is when mm -hmm. we never we, we read that and we never go back to it we never start to think stop to think about what's being laid down at the foundation of the entire story sure. we're dealing with our entire lives are going to be 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 Beset, besieged by by irrationality and by things that don't make sense, hmm. by also, by the knowledge also, that we think that we're going to attain, that we think that we, hmm. by the evil that we take in, by the godless and godful, it you know the whole thing is just basically like it's a code, you know the whole thing is a code, and and it makes sense to me 
in the sense that like, you know, you know when, when I think about what, you know, the spirituality in terms of Judaism, I think about Jews as being sort of a little bit of both, you know, like they're basically like very religious, very spiritual, kind of, not really. They kind of like lack a spiritual spiritual center, you know. I mean, they, they kind of kind of kind of are atheists. They kind of are agnostic. Well, the the interesting thing with Jews is that they, I think, out of all the religions, were the ones to have had various doubts and various reinterpretations well, the ones of who the Torah. They, they were, what do we worship? Okay, we worship the book. We worship what we do every year is we read over. Legalism, the, yeah. The story of us screwing it up with God because we're bad mm. people. We, we're bad at getting it. But I disagree God with. Oh my us. God! What red pills? But I red disagree pills. with. Uh, but I disagree with G uh, with uh, with you and Geo on one point, which is well, Geo specifically, I disagree with him on when he said that it's legalism because legalism would imply like in China where you just read something and memorize it, while in Judaism you would have one rabbi having no. one interpretation of it and another rabbi we, no, having no, a different no. interpretation. We we are reading it over and over and over again, so we never forget the lessons that we'll never learn. That that's what I'm saying is it's doomed. It's it's a it's a it's a um, it's a religion that's based on failure. Let me ask you it's, this: It's basically like us being you know us Woody Woody Allen with the cocaine. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, it's like basically like, <laughs> it's, the story Strader. is just going. It's the demiurge. Always. The it's it's a, it's a story of us fucking it up. Every yeah, step that. of the way, it's a, right. it's a record of men screwing it oh, up. It's even no, by writing you. the book. Wait, just a, as a quick retort before Gnostic, as a quick retort, I'll give you one example. There is a term and uh, there is a part of the, um, uh, not the Torah, the Talmud, where p uh, the 4chan people love posting this over and over again, how if uh, a non-Jew reads the Torah, he should be sentenced to death. And right afterwards, in the Talmud, you have another rabbi saying the complete opposite, right. that this uh, non-Jew should be venerated as a holy man for being able to read the Torah. So that's what I mean by having very different outlooks on whatever it is that you're reading, which I don't find as much in any other faith. Yeah, and but I, what is the rabbinical consensus on that issue? Love? There is no. There isn't. That's no, the whole point. No? The whole point yeah. of the Talmud is they have a platonic dialogue between one person and another. They go back. That's how you get the truth, is you have two two opposing sides duke it Yeah, up. yeah. There's it's about the questions, not about the answers. Topic, though, because he made a good point. I, you made a really good point, and it has to do with Gnosticism itself, is that Adam and Eve are created by this God who's omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, knows the future, knows everything, has all the power in the world. He creates Adam and Eve, puts them in this garden. There's a tree he tells him not to eat, and then he walks away. When he comes back, he's like, where are they? Wait a minute, I thought you're all-knowing. He should know where they are. So this, the, think about this. Now, this is where the Gnostics, put, the Gnostics picked this apart because they said, look, this God knew what he was doing, he knew how Adam and Eve would react, and he sent the serpent that he created in there to do what he did. This is what started the world. This is why they thought the Demiurge was evil. How, and, uh, and, but check this out, right? Epicurus even pointed this out prior to all this, but before he even knew what the Old Testament was. He said if there's a God that's all-knowing but can't prevent evil, is he really all-powerful? And if he's all-powerful but not all-knowing, that really a god is so no, that's a misattributed quote though i think that that quote isn't entirely accurate the the essence of what epicurus was saying is similar but he wasn't um if i recall correctly the the way it's worded is different than just like outright um 
assumption of atheism. If I recall, like that quote is misattributed, um, or rather, it's sort of embellished in that same mm. way. But what uh, would be your answer to that quote, yeah, regardless of where it's from? What? What answer? Well, the answer about the God question about if how God, could you have if God is willing to prevent evil but not able, mm -hmm. and He is not omnipotent. Is He able but not willing? Then He's malevolent. Is He both able and willing? Then whence cometh evil? There you go. Is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? This all and I'll, if you apply this to the Adam and Eve story, there's a lot to pick apart here. There's a lot. There's a lot though. That yeah, I but this that, is this is. That, I think a lot of. A <laughs> I lot need of an answer from Gio. Though. Maybe diverse that. theology here. <laughs> oh, go ahead. The part that's glaring in this whole thing, this, in this argument, and this is the one. This is the this is the part I want to bring because, to me, when I read the the story of uh, Genesis and all that kind of stuff and 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 I and I and the story of Adam and Eve in particular it it comes across as like a fairy tale right like it, it kind of has like it's or, or kind of like a kind of like a and there's a childish quality to it there's a there's it's got a sort of a very simplistic kind of like something like 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 somebody's dumbing it down for you like there is like you know the birds and the bees or something like that and and that is that that's the biggest clue i think into the first error that was set down that we can basically like you know that we really like we we we, we haven't seen the end of the uh the the ripple effects of, of 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 what came from it i mean the story of adam and eve to me is is when i try to unpack it and try to try, try to like actually kind of see it for what it is it, it it seems to me it's it's a story that was told to somebody possibly a father or a grandfather to a son or to a child that was asking a question more or less about where they came from or like where's mommy or something like that and and it and it seems like it's it's a it's it's an old person's difficulty trying to dumb it down for the children because it's a very inconvenient truth. And what is the truth? Okay, well, it seems like mommy and daddy got together. So a father is telling his son uh, that uh, it actually you know, goes back to what Steph said. It's all go. It all comes back to evil and suffering. That's what this all it's it's a precursor but, to but, all this but I, but I think there's like there's there, there's I think there's just a, a very basic uh, like real like like thing that everybody can understand I think there was an there was an adultery like 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 this kid basically learned that he was um, that mommy and dad that he didn't come from mommy and daddy he actually mommy was not in the picture anymore for some reason and it's because mommy had an affair with the neighbor. Okay. But the neighbor, so the snake is the, the penis. That's the next door neighbor. He, you know, basically like he let his, his, this man <laughs> let his wife wander to the edge of the, of the property line or whatever. He was cocked. <laughs> and, 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 and he told her, you know, like, like he, she talked to the, to Wilson. She talked to the neighbor. Next you can door. argue that the snake. Wilson. <laughs> Shows pretty hot the for lower self. No That's what the serpent usually represents in ancient mythology. Right. The lower self, the snake. Come on, 
Yeah. And, I mean, we, we, we never we never bad. saw what Wilson looked like. We only saw the hat. For all we know, there could have been a snake there. I think Well, he's a, he's a snake. Anyway, you know he's, he's the next door neighbor. He's another guy. He's my competition. Steph, what do you yeah. do? You're the only two people on the planet, <laughs> me and your mom. But I think um, to, but, I, but, wanted, I wanted to go back, though. Uh, by the way, uh, Shitcoin said wooden statue. That is pretty close. Ooh, let's see what's oh. going on. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Now wait, Geo could just wait. like grab a wooden statue in the background, that, and you know this is an ins- this was planned. This was an inside job. That's this was an inside on. job. Yes, this was an um, inside Geo's hat job. I but... have here a little wood engraving I did, but I didn't manage to. Oh. Didn't and every to everybody, everybody, subscribe. It of was Niagara wood... Falls. This is the very nice. first thing I ever did. It kind of came out shit, but like. That's all oh, you see. can't even Yeah, it's too dark in here. That's crazy. I mean, we both live on opposite sides yeah. of Niagara Falls, me and Gio. But I have a I have a yeah, question. I, know, I have a question for Gio based on what Ariel uh, Pink was. Can you see? Yeah, I see it go. now. Yeah, perfect. I have a question based on what Ariel Pink was I talking to about back. to uh, Gio as well. Well, yeah, but then then I wanted to follow up with the okay. Nietzsche thing with Uber Sure, Boyle. sure. Well, here, here's the question. Because you are a man of faith, Gio. Uh-huh. So when it comes to the question of knowledge, attaining knowledge... Yes. Where do you fall on that being a problem? Oh, God, there's so many problems with that. <laughs> um, the Orthodox have a better approach to it. They have concepts like uh, pre-list and... Uh, pre-list. Other, yeah, yeah. They, they, but even in Catholicism, I think you have... Um, it comes about when you read the lives of the saints, how the sort of quest for knowledge i think the orthodox and the and the catholics were in agreement in that it, at a certain point only grace can save you at a certain point because if you try to go through extreme lengths of trying to acquire the knowledge of god that will lead you just as much into hubris and sin yeah that's as the prelist which is why nietzsche called yeah. it the religion of pity well about nietzsche like uh, the the gnostic the thing he's kind of he's somebody that's like, infected with that right yeah, there's like a madness in Nietzsche for that sort of rejection of the uh, pious Christian sort of like pity, to, especially when it comes to knowledge. Mm. Uh, but like to describe Nietzsche as a Gnostic, I think is kind of like not, mm. it's not there because like if you're talking about theological Gnosticism, that implies a sort of like hardcore life denial, the type of which that Nietzsche saw in Christianity. And so in a way, like Nietzsche would say that Gnosticism is like the Ur-Christian denial of the earth as like, this is evil. This place is terrible. We're living in hell. It's created by the Demiurge or the Archons. So Nietzsche, I think, would equally reject Gnosticism on those grounds. That's why I defined it. That's why why right off the bat, I wanted to define it as attaining Gnosis, not the Platonist version of Gnosticism that you see with the Christians, the Demiurge theory. There's two different right. types of way to define, it. but it, but if you're to, to define it as demiurge theory as you are, then I would agree with you. It Nietzsche but what about? Right. But, 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 but I, well, yeah. I, I can expand on this because I don't have very much time. I'm going to have to bounce mm. soon enough. Just oh, then I want to ask you one specific question, Uber Boyle, before because you, you have no time. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sure, sure, sure. I'd love to riff on all of this stuff in general because you brought up loads of things that I think would be fantastic to talk about. And an awful lot of the problem here is uh, like this. This is me shilling for Nietzsche, but. And Nietzsche is essentially the most recent innovator in our ability to understand religion. And he changes the conversation completely. And I'll talk about that now in a second. Um, Gio, if you want to go with your question 
maybe beforehand, and I'll get into that later. Oh, I just wanted to ask you the opinion um, that certain people like Stephen Hollier had. I think we talked about this a little bit, whether Young is the sort of agnostic of the modern world, or rather if people exaggerate his sort of Gnostic features going from like answers to Job all the way back to the Red Book. I mean, there are people, I mean, Holier lays out a convincing case, but I think that there still is some elements of Young that probably doesn't jive. To, I mean, he talks about Abraxas, he talks about, you know, culture and stuff, but I, I think, yeah, there's probably some elements in Young that would um, defy the Gnostic distinction. Uh, but, but what's your opinion? I'll I'll get into I'll get into Young later because he's a little bit yeah. difficult. But I think the simplest way you could understand him is the very classic thing people say about him, which is he is essentially an extension of Plato, like the archetypes, yeah. are the eternal forms, and all that stuff. It's maybe the simplest way you can understand it. Um, but I'll get into Nietzsche first. I'll kind of cover the Nietzsche question because what Nietzsche does is he, and this is so important mentally in order to try wrap your head around this. Because this is what I always try to bring to this conversation: is um, you're talking about stuff like Gnosticism and religion, and it gets it very easily gets lost in the abstract and gets lost in the nitty gritty details that don't actually show us the big picture at all. And um, what someone like Nietzsche does is Nietzsche takes ten steps back and tries to look at the the actual like tries to does what a scientist does. He tries to ground it in established first principles, observable empirical first principles, and um, what this shows up as is psychology ultimately because this is the only thing we can really trust we can look at what we understand about human nature and, and extend that to what religions are doing so as i've said already the most basic first principle the most easiest thing that you can you can use to really ground this conversation is the question of suffering the problem of the suffering of life and this is a, it's a paradigm that you set at the foot of the whole conversation so for example you sit down brush aside all the names brush aside all the labels we can call it whatever the fuck we want we can call it the hoop the loop or whatever it is whatever belief system you want to call it but it doesn't matter what's really going on is that all of us every single person no matter what belief system they have are confronted with the pain of life and the problem of our passions and our emotions that make us engage with life and the weird paradox that we have a conscious mind that is able to be separate of this. Now, where I'm going with this is I want to talk about what consciousness is. I want to talk about what uh, Nietzsche meant by the, the and maybe an opposite reaction. And the, the general response is to deny life this is, this is maybe a new category. This is what good philosophers like Nietzsche do, is they give us new categories that are better descriptors of reality than ones previously. The deniers of life will react to the pain and the suffering and the problem of suffering, and they will come up with a, a philosophy, a philosophy that will justify their denial of life. And this will usually be a very beautiful philosophy. Samsara by the Buddhist. Now, again, I actually like Buddhism, but you could look at the Buddhism as in some sense being a giant life denial. Schopenhauer's philosophy, the same thing. And the prescriptions Schopenhauer gives are perfectly in alignment with this. He basically says that, you know, you should take yourself and, and blow yourself into existence, but treat it as like a blossom where you try to, you know, perfect yourself. So Wagner heard that and he tried to create the perfect art and waste his life force on creating the perfect art so he could blow himself out of existence. It's like, you know, um, blowing off the candle by making it burn too brightly so it shears away, this type of thinking. Christianity in the, in the sort of same way. But the thing, the thing that's quite interesting is that the belief systems are in some sense independent of the psychological disposition. This is what is really important, that you can become a life affirmer. And this is someone who engages and embraces life. And this is, this is an internal spiritual disposition, or I should actually say a sort of natural vital disposition. This is something that the people of the past have, because it's not like, it's not, it's not 
about like being mean and running around like kicking people and being like i'm in one with the laws of the world and all this type of stuff it's almost like having creative energy inside yourself as nietzsche would call it the will to power but what he sort of meant was like the the will to to produce and ma master and manifest reality in the world to produce energy out of just to, to sort of be a, a productive creator if you want to think about it this way and then um, these people engage with the world like creators and try to to, to confront the world and deal with the suffering by building things out of it, by, by shaping things. And what you'll notice is that people who have this strong vital spirit, you can give them Christianity, you can give them Judaism, you can give them Gnosticism, you can give them you can't all the give them Judaism. Anything. You can't give them Judaism. Well, all right, I'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but you can basically give them... Judaism will be given to you! <laughs> Judaism you is, was, is not as... Judy, we told you we are the chosen people, and and you're not allowed. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's you know, mm. I vague. This well, no, you can still, but it's hard. Like it, it takes it, a long it's, time. It's, it's, we make mistakes as Jews by actually kind of like pushing. You know, like people ask us, well, you know, what makes a Jew? You know, how how do you convert? You know, and and we just basically like come up with answers to get to to. To, to shoo them away, but it's it's like the thing in Fight Club. You remember, you're too blonde. It's just, it's, it's, you're too. Any journalist from Pitchfork is listening to this. He's being ironic. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is this: is that like, like, like it's our it's our fault. It's it's the Jews' fault. The Jews have 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 instilled this mind, this this disposition that you're talking about. This the the, the Nietzschean. Uh, uh, this is what I was getting to. This is what, again, this is something Nietzsche discusses. He says, basically, uh, when we say we give them Judaism, the original Abrahamic Hebrews, they had a very vital religion. They had, you know, Yahweh was a fucking prick. He was like running around and he would punish people and he was a bad man. But he was also uh, a noble man in that. He yeah, yeah, Nietzsche said he respected the God of the Old Testament. Right? Exactly. Because what you were seeing in the Old Testament, because Nietzsche's not reading the fucking book and saying, all right, the book's telling me exactly what it is. He's looking at it and he's, he's psychoanalyzing it. He's looking at it and he's trying to look at the undercurrent psychological disposition of the people very who write this book. And so the... the <laughs> The Bible, the early, the early, sorry, the Old Testament, the original Torah was a description of a conquering, excited, energetic, powerful people. They were, they were full of life and they wanted to go in and claim Israel for themselves. And they went in, they destroyed Jericho and they did all this stuff. They were full of energy. They're full of life. They were, they were vital people. Oh, and shit. Yahweh back then was not a God of love. He was a God capable of crooked punishment and brutality because that's what you, that's what a healthy God almost always is because he's one who's aligned with nature. The gods of true vital people display the traits that nature had and they're always judging gods just like jupiter was just like yahweh was just like all this and this is not this is not a conversation about god this is a con conversation about the state of a people who produced this stuff and then what happens is the jews fail they lose they get enslaved and this is where nietzsche comes up with this idea that because they got enslaved their vital energy dropped as it always does and then what happens is they they get on this long long period of of slavery and what happens is their symbols their way of relating to their ideology and their worldview changes and they become they suffer more they struggle to suffer uh, to deal with the suffering and so they start to develop a religion that's a little bit different the religion evolves and it turns into what we understand now as the kind of blend of christianity and, and, and judaism and nietzsche would call this you know he would say this is when they developed uh, a different morality towards the world a revolution in morals a different attitude towards the world one that was maybe more tragic and sad and and one that was even, you could even say, a little bit Gnostic. They started to believe mm. that Yahweh was in sort of like, Yahweh, sorry, wasn't, wasn't this nasty God anymore. He was a God who loved us, but he was abandoning us. 
and we have to kind of find our way back to him and and maybe is he hidden in another world we have to wait until the end of time when he will give us this thing and out of that comes then the the christians who have this idea that like christ comes down and says that the kingdom of heaven is within you and you'll all come up to heaven after and it all kind of comes from that it all comes from the kind of loss of the mm -hmm. vital spirit of, of the jewish people at that point but and, uh, but the that's, question that's is true. whether the uh, vital spirit transfers itself into the spirit of attaining knowledge where like i was saying before if you have various jewish jews who argue amongst themselves about the context of the torah i think that just that ability alone to argue and to doubt i think it creates some kind of an evolution in the human mind True. where True. you are yeah, capable you, of attaining that, greater greater heights but like modern rabbinical judaism uh without its sort of purpose or mission i mean do you think that there's some kind of almost like quasi nihilistic tendencies within i think i think it's there it's 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 there to sort of just be the counterpoint to a world of where people think it's okay that they're going to basically die and nothing's going to happen to them mm, interesting like i i think i think it's, because I there's think, so I many think, jewish I think, atheists. I think the jews the jews are, are are acutely aware of their folly in many ways i think and I think that this is the key to their their spiritual depravity in a weird way, is that Man. that they they have a, a a a very acute awareness that that the heaven that is said that is mentioned in the Bible that's 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 basically uh, been promised to the prompt to the chosen people uh, that was a lie. That God, they, they fell for it. They fell for their own bullshit is what it comes down to. And they know it. And now the whole, you know, Jesus comes around. Here's a, here's a Jew that just got so, you know, just had enough of the Jewish bullshit. Knew it better than anybody. And he decides to WikiLeak the whole thing. Give it to everybody. Give, 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 the, give, the, Jew, give the world the, the possibility of heaven. And the, and the story of the Jews so he's you know that way paul did that but i mean but basically the, the idea that like basically there's these there are these these uh these people that come up in judaism and they sort of like you know put the whole thing in question but it's they put themselves they put the whole the whole thing in question and they they, they throw it away and they screwed up and they and and god uh, uh is this you know sort of amorphous being that like you know nobody's ever really good at doing at, 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 at being his son really i mean like they 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 all die they all they all basically but 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 the jews were always poor i mean they, they, they didn't they weren't vibrant and like you know flourishing at any point i mean they were they no they, that, that's being, that's completely incorrect row. king solomon was one of the richest men who has ever lived no, but that's but that's already quite a ways from from the origins the origins started with with you know with with basically well i mean with, with adam and eve of course but then the, and you have the offspring and you have these basically these these families basically and and then you have the 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 tribes of uh, you know, well, Ariel. Though, if you look at what Joseph did for the Egyptians in terms of the grain uh, harvesting and all that, the grain storage with Jews, you win. That's that that that's what I say. To no, that. no, you know? lose. Think of all the Egyptians that would have starved to death if not for Joseph's intervention in terms of harvesting and storing the grain in time. Oh, uh, well, well, you know. Look what look look. Speaking of grain, look what's happening in Russia right now. Okay, I mean, uh, 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 I mean the price not is just great. One. It's a bad segue, but anyway, uh, um, I just think that um, I think what's 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 what I'm trying to get at is that uh, that um, that there's there's uh, I don't I don't think the Jews would be around today 
if it weren't for Christianity, okay? I mean, like, that's that's what it comes down to. Yes, it, and I'll tell you why. Because Christians were persecuting Jews so much, it forced them to be together and to oh, not disperse. But no, but also, no, 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 Paying, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's like a, it's like a, a tiff, or, 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 or like basically like, it's like Europe is to the United States. You know, it's like, it's like these are our forebears. We're gonna take care of our, of our parents in their old home, in their, in their old, you know, like, like the Jews are basically they stuck around so that they could get the residuals for like the copyright, the life rights kind of thing. You know, they like, like, hey, they, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, well, like, wait, wait, hold on. I know, I know, Steph has to go soon. I have a question that I want to ask Steph, but then I want to go back to this uh, talking with, uh, well, talking about Rabbi uh, Singer that Neil was interviewing, and if we could channel his spirit into the room. But Steph, my question to you, and I know you got to go soon. My question to you has to do with uh, Robert Seffer's interpretation of the Adam and Eve story, where he was talking about how the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it could be touched but it could not be eaten and he referred to that as being this orgasmic energy where according oh, to it, him the the knowledge was basically the knowledge of the orgasm this very right. intense feeling that basically uh, uh, gave, keeps yeah adam gave gave um got a blowjob or it gave a blowjob <laughs> to the um I, I think that i honestly believe that like eve um roped adam into a threesome with with the neighbor and the neighbor uh came in his mouth <laughs> and and that's the, that's literally what it is like and 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 and, and i believe that like like Ad, the, adam is in denial about for the rest of his life because this is this happened before he actually had sex with he never had sex with uh with, with eve obviously beforehand so so he bought eve's story that basically, you know, she was she just was talking to the neighbor, and he gave her some knowledge, and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, nine months later, like you know, this baby starts growing in the belly of the of, of Eve, and they never had sex. So so Adam's starting to ask questions. He's like, "What? What is that? What? There's a bun in the oven. What? What the hell is going on here?" And and I think that like they were never very she was deceptive to, to, to Adam. And I think he wants to believe it. Okay. Like he wants to believe that, that there was a, that, uh, I mean, I, I, that he's really, really pissed off about it still. And, 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 uh, and it seems, it seems like, <clears throat> like the, all the, all the sort of like codes for the words that, that are used, you know, the, that, that, the, the, they're all metaphors, right? I mean, like, a, it seems like it would make sense if, she, if, if, if the child was the bastard, if the child was a bastard, but uh, Adam raised it, you know what I'm saying? If Adam raised the kid and he cannot tell the kid that, you know, that his, that, um, hmm. you know, the, the real story. And that, and so the, so the whole thing sort of like spirals from there. Hmm. And we're talking about Cain, Abel, or Seth. Uh, we're talking about everything leading up to that i it could it could be one or the other i'm not sure it's obviously not the one that's dead but mm. but, but but seth is a very interesting story i mean that that, that is uh, arguably the the other origin of the gnostics of the gnostic yes. thing it's the, the sort of the pre-gnostic uh uh, uh scriptures basically mm. they, they sort of like the the uh the sort of like the 
it's it's there's well, a I guess it's all Sethian, right? I mean, well, we can we can definitely get into the Sethians uh, later. I just want to make sure, Steph, if you have the time right now, I just want to make sure you could also answer that to question what your interpretation is of Robert Sefer's idea of this being the orgasm and the idea that this orgasmic energy can be channeled through the Kundalini, you know, up through the spine well, yeah. in order to attain well, the state other, of knowledge. Uh, yeah, there are other well, mystics talking about it. There's, there's three there's three things I want to get to now. So I want to actually talk to Neil a little bit about um, the idea of Nietzsche, the, the maybe you could say the more fucking uh, spiritual Nietzsche and like, you know, blasting yourself and ripping through reality in order to like see behind the veil and all this stuff. Yes. That'd be pretty cool. And um, before we get to that, I we do maybe need to talk about Jung with Geo. And um, Lev, what you're asking me about the Adam and Eve story, we could talk about that too. So I'm going to try to go through these one by one, all right? And let's try our best to keep a bit of coherency and structure to it. So first of all, the question of the Adam and Eve story is a fascinating one. And again, what I'm going to do is be very, very reductive and look at it as a psychological phenomenon. What, what is happening in all these stories? Why do we tell ourselves these stories? Because we want to explain to ourselves what reality is. And these origin myths are often explaining these type of things. Now, for example, again, Nietzsche, I'm a big show for him. He does one of his best passages I've ever seen is he does a comparison between two origin myths, the origin myth of Prometheus and the origin myth of Adam and Eve. Now, he notes something very distinct about this is that both of these myths create or create a explanation for the problem of evil which is actually the problem of suffering for example prometheus rebels against the gods steals fire off the gods and then the gods in order to trick humans into getting fire back off them or to fuck them up basically send down pandora which is a woman and then then they go and they all try to bang pandora and then what happens is the the pandora's box gets open and then all the terrible shit of life gets put into the world Wait, pandora's box as in like the like eating could be, box bro. and could, could be it could be as crude as you, you think <laughs> now what he noticed with this is that um there's a, a, a distinct attitude in the the like he, he would call it aryan versus uh, abrahamic or jewish or uh, hebrew if you want to put it this way and not in like you know i know those terms are very very loaded but he's just more putting this sort of analysis between the different types of people that they are. So the, the Hebrew myth is a little bit more nervous. In fact, it's feminine premised. It's premised, it's reactive as well. It's not an active force. So what happens is Eve is in the garden and she is tempted by a serpent. Whereas in the Prometheus myth, what you have is you have a character, Prometheus, who actually actively jumps towards evil. And the explanation of why there's suffering in the world is explained through heroism to the idea that sometimes you need to go and, and take risks and break the laws of God in order to test reality and push reality forward. And Nietzsche would categorize this as the heroic, ascendant, tragic Greek spirit that is um, a sort of vital energy. Uh, uh, you could say someone who attacks and approaches life with spirit inside of them. Whereas he would juxtapose the Adam and Eve story, which is the, one of the main premises of, of the, the Abrahamic religions, as, as depressing, reactive, restrictive. They are, they are moral is the way he would say it, in the sense that they tell you not to do things. Precisely as Ariel was saying, you know, it's, it's the perfect myth to explain to a woman that she'll have urges and she'll have snakes who will come out and try to tempt her. And it's all she has to do it's is just not the give into the temptation. It's, it's, all she has to do is say to herself, I'm not going to give into these other characters. And give in to Alabama Black Snake. For example, one sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. It's from the point of view of <laughs> you can't with Ariel. You can't. <laughs> By the way, just, just speaking of Aryan and women, love. Did you see the uh, International Women's Day from the UN? Did you see their uh, support of the women in Ukraine, including women soldiers? Do you see that? 
No, but well, Ukrainian one woman women, soldier. Ukrainian women are very beautiful. What, what can no, I say? Very beautiful, but there's a little there's a little patch on this one uh, photo of a soldier's a uh, a woman so yes. Someone mentioned Radfem Hitler. Yes. <laughs> There's a little patch on this woman's soldier's chest. Is it a sonorat? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, the UN posted this. Well, who knows, Gio? Maybe, maybe, the, maybe that means that the UN is going to be more on your side of the fence as the years roll on. They'll ask you. They'll ask you to be fascist ambassador to the UN. You can uh, you can teach Canada's everybody. You can teach everybody about uh, the uh, uh, shed wives and uh, you know start a, <laughs> start a movement to make sure every incel gets a government mandated girlfriend. Yes, you know? the, one of those lovely Ukrainian women were going to be imported. Yes, to the West for all. I didn't the mean to interrupt. We'll have a GF. Yeah, well, let, let's make sure we get back to let's make sure we get back to the uh, topic. And uh, once again, Geo, uh, like rabbis and Jewish people, they serve. I'm in sure the, uh, Putler they, will cut the, deals with incels to import they, they're, Ukrainian. They're serving. They're done. serving in the <laughs> Ukrainian army, and Bandera oh, is God. not looked at as being a Nazi collaborator. He's looked at as being a uh, hero against the uh, uh, the um, Soviet, the Bolsheviks. That's kind of like the main way he's looked at today as this Ooh. mythological figure. Bandera, you know the guy who. That's, oh anyway, yeah, that's it's a whole yeah. other. Yeah, no, well, but ju but just you know, like any of the Nazi associations with him, they're on the back burner in comparison to the other thing that he's known for, which is being against the uh, uh, Bolsheviks. But anyway, I want to make sure we get back to uh, Steph, uh, because you don't have a lot of time. I want to make sure you go through the uh, three things. So you were talking about Adam and so, Eve. So I'll try to wrap this one up to yes. the point I was getting to. So the, the, for, for example, Daniel. Nietzsche does this very, very fascinating comparative mythology thing and opens up like shocking questions, because this is very true. These are two different foundation myths with two different attitudes towards a very specific problem. And this problem is the problem of evil. And the Adam and Eve story, as Ariel pointed out very well, is does actually have these sort of phenomenon as, of attempted female, like of a woman. And it's premised on this. And the whole concept of morality is, is built and um, step-by-step upon these ideas. It's very fascinating when you think about it. Um, and what, what you also see from that is a, a, like an attitude towards life which is tepid and scared and fearful and this is this what we you know you could say is a moral attitude, which is I mean maybe overly neurotic moral attitude, where people are afraid to embrace life for what it is, and all sorts of things kind of a derivative of this. For example, maybe you could uh, people often complain about the sort of sexual frigidity of of of, of certain religions, of Christianity, sometimes of Judaism, of, of Islam, and all this. But you could see it as like stemming from not not I'm not saying the myth created this, but I'm saying the sort of internal state inside people where they're worried about their passions, they're struggling struggling with their passions. And so this this attitude, this way of looking at the world is 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 careful, is cautious. And maybe you can even say reactive and in some sense negative. It it distrusts the world. It does not like the world. It does not like the passions inside yourself. It's a psychological position of, of sort of frozenness, frigidness, these type of things. Now, compare this to the other myth, which is asserting and is actually willing to embrace danger. This is almost like the anti-Gnostic myth, if you want to talk about it this way. Or it could be the most Gnostic myth of all, which is that you're able to assert yourself and attack nature. You're able to embrace the nasty, negative laws of nature. You're able to challenge law, the God, God's laws and what 
whatnot. You're able to go for it. You're willing to do that, most importantly. You have something in you. Actually, you, Prometheus, are a god yourself. And you're willing to embrace and tackle. And the gods are not perfect. The gods are things that are worthy of being challenged and capable of being challenged. And so evil is sort of premised on, as we said, assertiveness and embracing. And this is maybe a more vital spirit. Now, there's two ways that this can go. This is kind of going to lead into the thing I'd like to talk about with Neil, is that one way would be, all right, you say to yourself, you are going to attack the world, and then you turn into the sort of very classic will to power, Napoleon, Julius Caesar, willing to do the bad thing, commit violence, organize an army and win in order to succeed. And you see all throughout history that most of the people we revere had that type of spirit inside of them. Now, there's also another question derivative of that, which is maybe uh, it gives you a model for the man of knowledge. Because the, the man of knowledge would be maybe the person who's willing to challenge God's laws, challenge reality, ask questions that would the break forward and show us more about life. These are This is like the Promethean vital spirit character. But this is almost like the spirit of science. This is the spirit of the, the creative man of knowledge. The, and this is, in some sense, I think what Neil was getting at, that there's, there's a, there is an attitude. You could say, like maybe Gnostic is, is too specific to get to this, but the attitude within a person that would say, right, I'm going to take a super dose of DMT and see is, the, is that actually the real world out there? A kind of cosmic crusader, if you want to think about it this way, or a man of science who's going to try penetrate into the world with that sort of will and break every law of God by, by testing and seeing what's real, seeing if God is really all this. The, the man of words like Nietzsche who would challenge everything that, that has been set forward as God's moral laws and all this type of stuff. These are, um, these are a very, very interesting type of person, but they're premised on this willingness to embrace and engage and combat and compete with life and whatnot. Mm. And again, this is, you could in some sense say, the path of the life affirmer, which is, as Nietzsche would say, he would see it as the, 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 the positive attitude in some sense. Um, I'll leave it at that because I said an awful lot of stuff. If you have any thoughts on that, or, we can rip or some, into that. Or somebody who uh, does not spill the cup of Hermes, and as a result, uh, they end up not dying, which is not true in terms of humans today. Even if humans don't spill the cup, they still end up croaking. But I guess the idea here with Adam and Eve was that when they chose to partake in this uh, orgasmic sensation, they ended up spilling the cup of Hermes, and they became mortal. While the immortal gods who are out of time they don't have that kind of problem. And I guess the question here is, in a very literal sense, what ends up happening to a human being if they decide to, maybe not through one lifetime, but maybe through several, go through the steps of channeling that sexual energy into something higher? Do they, in a very real way, end up becoming like the gods, end up becoming immortal spirits, as opposed to just... Uh, fluttering in the wind somewhere with their various uh with their various parts being influenced by advertising and whatever other people think of them and those parts just end up scattering in the wind and there's no like complete human being that ends up ascending beyond humanity <laughs> this is a hard question because there's an awful lot of premises like there's the, you know you gotta ask yourself about reincarnation what you can take forward with you into other lives uh, like there's really a lot of things that just, I, I just won't be able to answer. I, I just don't really know. But maybe in some sense you could think of gathering, symbolically gathering up sexual energy or orgasmic energy is just think, strip away the, the, the adjectives and think of it like gathering up energy for the sake of success of some sort. 
and becoming a god, becoming more powerful. Like, look, this is very reductive, but one way you could look at it. Think of the humans, the, the early chimps in the past who gathered up enough creative energy for them to evolve into humans, we'll put it this way, and how further along we seem compared to them. We're sort of godlike down the generational line compared to them. Mm. And this is very, very possible for us to look at reality this way and say that, you know, we right now, like, if you're into conspiracies, if you've ever read uh, uh, Rutenbog's Kalergi, uh, his uh, his statements on, on the future of, of the world, some people have read that. Oh, story. yeah. Very freaked out about it, but he actually says some very fascinating things. Like he's very Nietzschean. He says that like wh whatever way you want to look at it, the society is going to go into a Dionysian and um, chaos for the next 100 and 200, 300 years. And what will happen is like all these, all the looseness of society will be opened up, and all the instincts will come back out, and people will actually self-select into these castes, if you want to put it this way. And what will happen is there'll be this, like, you know, he predicts free love and sexual free love and all this type of stuff. And, and he said that the people who will come out on top will be the people who are able to maintain a sort of internal discipline in the face of all these Dionysian forces. Basically, the instincts will rise up and there'll be people who are able to grab them, control them and push forward. And in 200, 300 years, they'll be in the same position as the Roman emperors or the king, the old German kings of Europe or, you know, the, the Israelites who ruled, um, ruled as King Solomon and King David and whatnot. And the point he's getting at there is that these people are able to um, penetrate and, and uh, seize energy and hold it and do the right thing and manage it over a long period of time mm. to come out successful. And this is a very kind of practical way of, of grabbing it compared to an awful lot of people who are now going to get churned up in the, all the advertising, as you said, and all the free love, and they will self-select into the last man. And then it will be like a fallen existence and it won't be good at all. And they will essentially end up like the, the peasants of Europe. They'll end up like the, 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 the well, slaves. The, they'll end up way. even in a worse state. My addi addition to what you just said right now, Ruboyo, is that I think that we can flip evolution on its head and say that all the gooners, all the people who have succumbed to this uh, uh, sexual freedom, they are not going to be people in the end. They are going to succumb to the well, instinct that's... so much that they become animals. They'll become the monkeys monkeys where the monkeys don't really have that much of a choice as far as what you do with the instincts that you're given they're just kind of on autopilot and i think that's that's what is going to happen to the majority of humans and oh. i think this is what happened before i think the animals that we're seeing today all around us they were humans once their ancestors were humans and then they started oh, devolving shit. into animals oh, and then other humans came oh, in from no, outer, no, from no, the no. from the other galaxies they seeded the planet with their dna and here we are today anyway Way. No, that's, no, my, no, no, that's my that's shizzo, that's my shizzo oh rant. my god it's so <laughs> fucked up animal becomings that's right that's uh, love is a delusion um yeah. oh where did hero pink go uh it's a phone issue he'll be back don't worry what uh um uber boyle mentioned uh the kalergi <laughs> fucking base i think that even though there's probably if it's a quote-unquote conspiracy theory it's a there's got to be some amount of spiritual oh. truth to it if you look at the demographic patterns of europe i mean no 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 it's like uh, sorry to interrupt you but like oh, you, you should read you should read the book it's called uh, practical idealism it's actually a very intelligent oh book. yeah yeah yeah. you should it's a very intelligent book like and he does he says all the stuff that people talk about he says that the new european race will be an egyptian race and that that's clearly happening people are going for that sort of blended mixed but, but why race. Did you, what is why is egypt in particular a template was egypt subject to the same like 
Good, it's actually, that's a very good question. That's a very good question mm. because Egypt was actually um, ruled, as Robert Seffer would tell you, by, by shall we say, people who weren't necessarily the same as the people who were ruled over. And mm. I think what, what clearly, like what Nietzsche said is he wanted to see a new group of people come out of the chaos that was coming for the next 200, 300 years that would be stable enough to or sort of rule like a German aristocracy that ruled Europe. Because that type of stability is the only thing that can project plans and goals that are longer than... I, I think like... Within a multicultural framework or with a multiracial framework, that's the only, I think, idea of imperial that could exist. That's why I think I had this tweet. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm being ironic, but it's kind of true about the sort of like the idea of like Putler's like Eurasian model going around is much stronger than the Canada thing. Because you almost need like it's like what Nick Land said once where when you get to a certain level of complexity, but also of like high civilization, meaning like multicultural decay anything than like i think he said this in fang newman no it was in dark enlightenment anything other than like you know outright fascism is just not going to work so i think like, well putler is the perfect like, example of multicultural decay way more than the united states and way more than europe because here you actually have people who were enslaved for uh, hundreds of years they have this mentality while on the opposite end to contrast with some of the opinions here people who come out from whichever country whichever race uh, whatever you want to call it who are able to achieve the exact same level of intellect um knowledge they have no problem yes at all integrating no. yes into no. into the society while here you have huge people who you would say you know they're like white european slavs whatever who have undergone over a period of a long time a, a state of degradation and again, I believe that even though there are differences between peoples, these are differences that can change over time. Look at the South Koreans and North Koreans. Yeah, over but the, a very short the point being is that, like people, people within, I guess you would call it, for lack of a better word, the Eurasian sphere have at least not commonality. Well, yeah, commonality, but they have at least like a shared history compared to like the Ellis Islanders. Um, you know, well, a shared history of, of being one. enslaved. That's not a great yeah, but a Puerto Rican doesn't have a history with a bangladeshi more than a indian has a history with a white like British no but, e European. but even with the bangladeshi and the indians so many of them were like low under caste and they were also enslaved in a certain way no no but i mean the relation to like a puerto rican or a, a, a british person like my point being is that you need what i think what they're trying to do is essentially what the roman empire did yeah. confronted with different cultures where you need sort of a, a collective understanding of what is an imperial culture in order to fulfill certain goals because the way that the canada model is laid out is total bullshit and we're starting to see the sort of cracks but that's a side issue from the stream i'm just saying like uh there there's tend to be like this push towards a totalization of a plan confronted with these various forces of on the one end up until very recently we have this like, you know, sort of nihilism within the West. On the other hand, we have now this sort of rebirth of like a very, you can almost say neo-Gnostic religiosity going on at the moment. And I think that people are coming up with schemas to sort of guide people into different um, ways of being because anything then, like I think we've gone through the critique of meta structures and the critique of grand narratives for long enough it seems that there's a thirst towards either on the one end total annihilation or on the other end grand narratives again there, i mean it seems people aren't satisfied with the middle anymore 
Like, let me let, let yeah. me just say briefly on this, and I'd love to get to to talk to Neil then about some of his thoughts on the kind of uh, Gnostic Ubermensch thing we were talking about, the Promethean Gnostic or something like that. Um, actually, to to Lev's point and sort of to Geo's point there as well. Like, I, I love. I actually think that book, Practical Idealism, is a fantastic book to read because it's so he's mm. so straightforward with what he's saying, and he's describing. Um, he says very clearly, actually, it's so interesting. He says very clearly that the problem of Eurasia and Russia is the big problem facing Europe. And the communist problem is what that sort of evolves into, first of all. And Europe needs to come up with a big idea, a big super narrative that can capture the spirit of Europe. And what they were looking at back then is that Europe was trending. It was like the French Revolution was the main values that Europe cared about. And so they, he was sort of saying, all right, well, we should just continue embedding on that. You know, and, and Hitler actually showed up and knew of Kalergi and Hitler was like, fuck this guy. No, he's like just some type of aristocrat half-breed who's coming up with something to suit his own reality. And we want to go in a different direction. And so there was actually a very interesting meta-narrative war, a Weltanschauung war, if you want to think about it this way. Um, and they, Hitler obviously lost. And what you saw was the this meta-narrative get installed and, and projected and, and, and put into practice. And this is a very inspiring one. Like, it's a big idea to say that we'll all join together and be fair and equal and share. And it's actually sort of similar to the communist one, but it's offered in a sort of different way. It's offered as a sort of capitalist utopia or something like this. Whatever. You can look into that. Um, mm. It's very much the, what Gio is sort of saying is that when you have that positive future and positive futuristic hopeful ideology, it actually is more inspiring than some of the negative and like restrictive takes that we see a lot of people do. Now, I think a very good critique of this is that uh, these guys might have been very short-sighted in the the problem of like shared identity and shared history and the long-term consequences that, as Gio's point now, I think that's a very serious thing as well. And there's every reason that they could be wrong. They're no geniuses. They're just trying to enact a plan. You know, it's the same way as the communists were wrong as well. It's really important to keep that in mind. And obviously, because it's so charged, no one ever wants to like try try dance around the nuance but the, all that is aside for a little bit and um, i like look basically neil like what are your thoughts because i was saying an awful lot of stuff there and i yeah. think one very very interesting angle that you were bringing up is that shearing into reality and and the sort of gnostic uh, gnostic vitalist approach or maybe a gnostic promethean approach or something like that well to to touch on something else you were talking about with the identity of the sort of people in europe well nietzsche points out that he calls them hyperboreans now, if you know what Hyperboreans are, this goes back to the history of Herodotus, 5th century BC, where he identifies the people in the north as a group called the Hyperboreans, and he describes them as people who having one eye and having gold-guarding griffins flying around, guarding. Like, he's, it's, he's, he's describing it completely mythological. And this, is, this was taken as literal history back then. So I think, the Nietzsche, I think Nietzsche's using the Hyperborean term for a reason, basically saying... Our people are a, 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 a different breed of people who were who are basically built in a certain way that is diametrically opposed to the Judeo-Christian type of breed, and he, he he's basically pointing out that there were there were this is like oil and water this is not going to mix. Them yeah, that's but that again is a very like uh, kind of like Varg Vickner's type of like. Germanic paganism going on. Sure, no, very explicitly yeah. anti-Christian. It very. And, it's, it's actually, it actually gets it gets into anti-Semitism if you want to argue that. Which Michael Sugru, who is a Princeton professor of philosophy, was big on this. He said that no doubt Nietzsche led up to what the Nazis believed. Like he contributed. I think I went. Do you know if he's the Canadian one that wrote that book about Nietzsche and Heidegger? 
I'm not sure. Oh yeah, I think you were. I think he is. I think he is. I went to a fucking. I went to a debate with him, and uh, he was the one that kicked out Michael Millerman from the program Mm. at U of T. And I was like, actually, I knew the organizer. She was my second reader when I was in poli sci. And uh, I went up to him, so I got to talk to him one on one. And he just like kept shooting me down, like every single point. What about this thinker? What about mm. this? Is it ne- fascist? 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 <laughs> well, no, no, oh, knowing man. certain beliefs of yours, Geo, they're probably right. Anyway, well, uh, well, well, <laughs> get to what you were asking at the, at the, the open scene. The, the Gnostic um, diving into the the pleroma, if you will. Um, yeah, he he said like Nietzsche defending the Jews itself is like some kind of weird self-serving anti-semitism like if i recall like that he yeah he makes the argument in the book but sorry i cut you off yeah i'm not sure exactly what his argument was but he did yeah i'll, I'll go into that in a second if you wish because it's actually related yeah. to like Nietzsche admired the ancient Hebrews. Go on, yeah. i don't see how he's I'll an right back over to you steph because i want to just make this one point and sure I sure go go, go. That, i think that if we if we if we agree on the science being true that we this reality is atoms and void right and that Plato is wrong, and there is no forms, and there is no metaphysical realms, heaven and hell, then our only option now is to make heaven here on this planet. We have to figure out a way to whatever it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot for the, for the universe right now. I'm just put, putting an idea out there. If we meet in the middle, we meet in the middle. But like we have to figure out a way to make medicine, technology, um everything to the point where people can live forever. People can go into the metaverse and live in a virtual reality. And this is a scary Satanist thought to people who believe in God, who believe their faith, who think that faith saves them. That is it's literally the definition of Satan. Sure. But that's, that, that is the model of the type, the type of gnosis that of the Ubermensch or the Nietzschean worldview. But like when Nietzsche, the, the thing though is um, that's why he believed in epigenetics as well. Like he had this really weird, like Lamarckian uh, view of evolution because he basically wanted to counter signal Plato at all costs. And he figured that sure. uh, Darwinism was like too close to like having haplogroups being similar to platonic forms. So he had this like, but then that being said, I think like the vitalist, yeah, like the vitalist bodybuilder types. They, they're kind of right in that epigenetics is like if you're bombarding your environment constantly with like seed oils and fucking sneed uh, oils and, you know, you know, like the whole like I, I'm not going to go through the repeat vitalist bodybuilding stuff, but you know, what? but uh, Ariel, you wanted I feel like we cut Ariel off. Oh, and, yes. And um, by the way, Gio, do you see what was on the screen before Ariel came in? No, what was on the screen? All right, check it out right now. Just go on YouTube, like open up the link and check it out. Oh, but, okay. Uh, but yes, Ariel, I'm glad you're back. You're on I'm the laptop. Mon- I should monitor the chat more. But... You're on the laptop, I see, right? Yes, so... Yeah, uh, yeah I'm on the Excellent. Yeah, and Gio, let me know what you think about what was on the screen, which you were not aware of in the placeholder... But anyway, everybody listening oh right my now. God, <laughs> no, no. Rats off to you. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, and everybody, be sure to subscribe. Patreon.com/slash/BreakTheRules. You know. Okay. Anyway. I hate anyway. rats. Oh. Uh, no, they're cute. Anyway, Ariel, you're ratatouille. Not you when know. you're eating through all of your tomatoes. Holy you should put. Shit. You should put a rat under your hat one of these days and have him like control you when you're painting and.
you know <laughs> like pinky in the brain <laughs> no like ratatouille you remember he was controlling the chefs oh you know? yeah 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 by pulling the hair anyway you have ray pete on btr what if we could pull that one off yeah absolutely amazing all right uh, ariel you are you are back uh we were just were you able to listen to the conversation so far oh you're muted right kind of got kind of yeah i kind of got lost for a second um because uh because i had to switch over uh to the laptop so um yeah it, but it, but it was it was kind of it was patchy before that so it was just kind of cutting mm-hmm. in and out maybe maybe we repeat the whole thing i know i'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> well the only maybe the only- uh maybe yeah I, I, it seemed to it seemed to be going um uh in the direction of, of, of uh talking about uh i guess i mean what, what I, I guess sum it up for me i guess i don't know what, what is it well, Gio, you you were talking you, uh, be, you were talking before about Ray Pete and about uh, this uh, vitalist uh, view of nature, and uh, again, oh. what I yeah, what I'm not really sure about at all. Well, what I would say I'm I very much disagree with is putting people in any particular position where, for example, when I was talking about the devolution of people into the animals, what I hate is that when people then make the connotation that that means that there should be some exclusion of people who they, you know, suspect are like, uh, uh, you know, whatever, based on certain characteristics. Wait, what about animals? No, the idea is that if people, including, I would say, the Slavic people who have spent a lot of time under slavery, if they get into the mentality of acting like, you know, having a slave mentality, then that is something that I would say, you know, for anybody who would say, oh, Lev thinks like so-and-so is an animal, I absolutely do not. What I think, though, is that people end up getting more into an animal-like mentality, into more of an instincts-based mentality, away from reason, when they are subjugated by other people. And I think that this is a state that people can get out of through having better role models, through being, uh, through being educated. I think that wisdom is something that can slowly, through generations and in a very short amount of time, be attained. So the one thing that I really hate about, well, including many other things about very authoritarian fascist uh, regimes, is this tendency to exclude people based off of characteristics that have nothing to do with what exactly they're bringing to the table. And I know I say this a lot, it's something that I keep repeating ad nauseum, because I think that there is this distinction that a lot of people have in their heads where they think that, you know, because the majority of whoever happens to be in a certain way culturally right now, that means that there should be like this strict, you know, uh, the, the strict wall between them and those that do not share that particular culture. I, well, I don't know. I think that... I mean, certainly in, in many cultures and peoples, there has been this sort of um, weird relation, either in the negative, but mostly in the positive, between animality and the human being reduced to animal, both in Hinduism and in, you know, well, even like right up until the, the you know, pre, uh, pre-Socratics and the Platonics, or rather what Nietzsche called pre-Platonics. Um, you have like that one, who was it? Oh, sorry, I'm I'm getting confused. It was a um, it was an Indian sadhu, uh, I think, responding to either Ramanuja or Shankara, that said, you know, what do you think of like the perfect enlightened being? He points to a cow out in the field. It's like there you go. That's your perfect <laughs> equanimity enlightened being. But then right? there's no work to do. See, that's the thing that I also don't understand. Yeah, when they like, say there's no more work. Like to do like anymore. Steph, when it comes to my final question to you, it would be if 
life was all reduced to saying that the cow or the tree is this enlightened being, then what's the point of doing any of the work? What's the point of ascending beyond this state of just operating on your instincts? What's the point of showing compassion or love or love in the agape sense, not the arrow sense? As Gio, you remember we were having that conversation yesterday. The kind of love where you have a love towards other people without expecting anything in return. Like, that does not seem to be an animal yeah. quality. Oh, by and, the way, King Salmonfish yeah. wants on. I don't know if you wanted to... I, I, yeah, I think we can do that uh, later on. I think right. after right. after Steph leaves, just so we have yeah. enough uh, boxes here. You know, uh, not too many cooks in the kitchen, like last time. But uh, anyway, Steph... You too many cooks! I'm curious uh, what, uh, what, what you think of that particular distinction that I brought up. Again, I bring it back to I bring it back to psychology. Like I think it's very very useful to think of this stuff from like always trying to bring it down to to because psychology is study of the soul and these are questions that people often associate with spirit and soul and whatnot. But what really happens in your soul is that you sit inside your internal mental space and you notice that you are tortured or driven or poked or filled with tension to do things. And these you've done this by your emotions or your passions, if you want to put it this way. And these passions are usually quite negative. They're usually quite, they try to push you to do things. As I said before, you sit down and what rises in your belly is a feeling of discontent and lust, as you might call it. And then it, you need to become strong so you can go and become high status. So you're filled with like this animus towards killing animals and then eating them and then going and like, you know, working as a, a warrior in order to do whatever. Also, you can get a girl, and these these animating passions, these things that push us to do this stuff, they are um, they're they're horrible. Like they, like actually, nothing, very little about the passions is is positive when you think about it. Most of the chase to get a girl is is negative. It's like tension. You're running after her, all these type of things. Most of the 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 struggle of life is is negative. Like mo your emotions pushing you on with tension, and you get these brief moments of orgasm. And they're like this blast of kind of like, yes, or this this dopamine kick you get off eating nice food or this dopamine and testosterone kick you get off winning or something like this. And, and these are flashes after a huge uphill struggle of effort. You get these 10 minutes on the summit and then it's gone again, this type of thing. And this is what Buddha noticed fundamentally is that he was like basically like, man, what the fuck are you doing? Like, are you serious? This is bullshit. You're just stuck in this up-down cycle, this cycle of samsara. It's a constant rise up, maybe a short victory, and then you fall back down again. And he just basically looks at the whole thing and he says, like, let's get, like, stop participating in that game. And this is where this equanimity and this, this, this is where this phenomenon that, the higher values are peace and enlightenment and and e equality and all these type of things and tranquility. This is where these come from. Now, like this is very reductive, but it, there's something to this. There's something very fascinating to look at this because then the enlightenment of a cow is actually attractive because all a cow does is sit around and does fucking nothing. And it's this escapism, if you want to think about it this way. It's this calmness. It's this peace of mind, if you wish. And there's definitely power to that. And maybe mm. there's even something in it that like an awful lot but, of us need these days. But there's not self-awareness, though. I don't think the cow is self-aware of being in the state and that may be the reason why we're here on this planet but then to the get to the state becomes, of a cow but with with the with the enlightenment with the understanding uh, how, how do you know how do you know just because you're enlightened that you're quote-unquote self-aware Nietzsche would say if you're actually truly self-aware you would realize that you are a lump of nature full of vital energies and Ooh. the thing you need to do is embrace those vital energies and go with it that's what real self-awareness mm. would be self-awareness that leads to enlightenment in this way is almost like a cop out but um neil was gonna say something but this is a really good point that you're bringing up because then the question comes if it's all about the state of mind right when do we introduce the question of 
hallucinogens, not even just hallucinogens, but other substances that can affect the way we perceive reality? Or is it going to be even more, more, uh, is it going to be even more than that, where you get to the point where we can do sort of a biochemical um, mix with technology, where this becomes like we, we sort of merge with technology? I, I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there, but if it's all about the reason why I'm saying that, because if it's all about the state of mind, there are ways we can we can deal with that as far as science, all that stuff. I I think it's a mistake to even like think about any of these things as being prescriptive. Like, I mean, uh, Nietzsche philosophy or like, uh, or religion, I mean, especially now in light of, in light of where we're going actually, which is a soulless place. I mean, we're, we're, they're literally, They've, they've more or less extinguished the soul. Well, what about music and art? You make music. You, you know, you know, that's not soulless. There's music. That's, going, that's going away. It's going away. I mean, it's 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 already it's it's going to happen in in it's going to happen and and it, it won't even matter that I'm saying that it's that's going to happen because it's it's already here. It's 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 happening. And and anybody that wants to deny mm-hmm. it is like. But then, but then, how much is but the? It soul... doesn't matter because because we're well, being how... corralled into the basically into into a, a slave state so we're gonna be forget, mm. forget the art forget like okay but then but then there we go the religion stuff i mean we're not gonna be able to talk about it but ariel here's the important point though what you Man. said right now we are being corralled we are being corralled like cattle in that way i think the loss of self-awareness something that i think is built up over time that is something that is going to result it's not in built people up over time. being it's been, it's been induced it's been sure. induced externally sure. in quick in rapid succession but but it's more more or less like we've 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 had we've we've been allowed space to sort of like cultivate our interests and to sort of like you know investigate history and we live in a timeline we're in Christ Christ time right now you know so so we are able to sort of like contextualize everything that's happened in Christ time and since there hasn't been any interruption we can basically you know sort of uh, orient ourselves in in time and in history and our place in the world and our whole the whole way that we view this this conversation everything is is through this Christ lens through 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 Christ time and uh and what's being what's 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 being ushered in right now is a a year zero kind of situation where we're basically going to be hmm. uh, uh starting over they want to get rid of any trace of of Christ ever having existed and all of history wants to go away and uh, and because it's a, it's basically it reminds people that about these things and and that's that's what's in their way, uh, but they're going to get around it anyway because it's just going to be they're going to do it by brute force. Well, I'm just so, I'm just saying that if it's matter. happening right now, I don't think it's the only time it happened. It may have happened before, which is why I said that people who are deprived of uh, self awareness, people who are just uh you know corralled into the goon cave they are going to devolve into an animal-like state and the question as far as what happens after that who knows but uh steph and really and i know that you have more, to of, a in... I, more of a robot state or a robot like it's it's, it's not going to be like an animal it's like more like we're going to be like headless chickens that are being like uh bred and just kept alive yeah but what's the difference well, well that's the, the wire heading idea yeah. as well yeah. but what's the difference between uh for, for, um, animals and robots in that sense Ricks out of our blood and that kind of thing on Mars. Because, I mean, look at the chickens, oh, like the way that the chickens sorry. live in the chicken coops. Check this out, right? There's a, yeah. there's a Assyrian tablet 
from 200, 2800 BC, it says this in cuneiform. This is the translation. Our earth is degenerate. In these later days, there are signs that the world is speedily coming to an end. Bribery hmm. and corruption are common. Children are no longer obeying their parents. Every man wants to write a book, and the end, the end of the world is evidently approaching. <laughs> Every man wants a substack. That is 2,800 BC. That's 5,000, almost 5,000 years ago. So people have been saying this rhetoric forever. It's just that I, you have to, you have to sort of try to come out of the lens of that. Am that, I making, making sense or no? No, I, I, I'm not saying that the end of the world is happening. By the way. I'm not saying that the end of the world is happening. It, it never ends. That's that's the big the big lie, obviously. It's just kind of like any kind of like hierarchical order order that sort of like sets itself up and like you know like like if you're if you're like a mystery school or whatever, you know you you mm. you've got the 33 33rd degree masons. What, what is it? Oh, well, what not they have secret knowledge maybe. Um, who knows? We mm. never get there. But the point is that like everybody gets initiated and they they understand they want to like ascend rank and they but sort of like learn these mysteries. And they ended up doing the bidding all the way till the end. And there's nothing there is what I'm saying. There's no end in sight. But the idea that there is an, an, an pending apocalypse that is wrapped up in Christ time, it gives us a basically a – and we're always kind of like, you know, at the – the doomsday clock is always like, you know, five seconds to midnight or whatever. I mean that's, that's essentially like the, the – that's the state of humanity. Yeah. Since 800 BC, whatever. You know, well, beyond I mean, the, but, uh, but the point is that like they really well, do want to change that, though. They well, beyond change, they want to get us out of one one system and into another. Oh, beyond the mystery schools, though. If we're talking about just the average people, the way that they lived, my big problem still with a lot of the organized religions that have existed, you know, in the Middle Ages and so on was that I still have no idea how much the people who went to the church, who listened to the Latin or went to the madrasa, or, you know, like in Islam, you know, were uh, praying to Allah, how much of them were doing the things that they were doing because they were scared of being punished versus doing the things they were doing because they genuinely wanted to give the agape sort of love towards their fellow uh you know brother in christ or brother in muhammad or whatever you know that's that's a big issue that i've had with a lot of the organized religions i'm not saying i know a better alternative but it just seems like most people i don't know if they're going to do good necessarily because they feel it inside as opposed to if i don't do good then i'm gonna go to a place with like a lake of fire and it's gonna be painful i i think i think it's i honestly think that like if people had more Christ, if they were the, if they embraced Christ more, they'd be fine. They, they, we'd we do all right. There's like um, we have no hope without it. Let's put it that way. There's there's a way you could look at Lev of what you're saying. Actually, kind of contextualize the whole conversation. Because again, the problem with like this is one problem I would point at Gnosticism that I think is a very interesting one to look at because this Gnostic premise. Um, and again, I'm talking about the psychological thing where you look at the problem of suffering, realize that you're conscious, you become aware of it, and you become reactive against the world, and you categorize the world as evil. And then you start to do this very interesting thing where you categorize people who cannot overcome the world in themselves as evil. You categorize the people who embrace the world as evil. And you see this very commonly in the woke, like what is going on with this modern political movement, which is just the same psychological manifestation of this same trend that has happened all throughout history. They, they point 
to your natural state and they try to make you they, they form a critical theory that tries to make you aware of what you are to, to create consciousness inside yourself and make you guilty and then if you can't do that they turn around they say to you all right you're a, you're a demon you're evil you must be destroyed this is the same premise that was in christianity that a lot of people pointed out which is interesting oh we're going to go to heaven but the bad people won't the bad people will be cast into the lake of fire at our feet as we stand up there with god in the end of day and there's this very very fascinating psychological thing going on there like move away the the reality of the myth it's this this um sort of there's this we're special and they're not because we're conscious and we're right and we're embrace the truth and all this and again psychological yeah, it's, it's actually just a, a it's 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 a it's it's sort of like a uh, it's 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 intimidation is what it is it's like be good or else yeah absolutely absolutely you know, and, and if, oh, so so it's it's basically like a very very uh a coercive kind of like a, a deal. You either take my deal or, you, or I'll. Well, so think sorry. about it this way. So, think so about it this way. You, you have to be sorry. I mean, that's that kind of like seems like it's like you know, it's mm. it's, it's kind I, of like. I, I want to make sure. I want to make sure Steph gets a gets a I'll, word. Ma- in the, I'll, I'll yeah. be only a moment as well. Sorry, yes. I, I keep on. Yeah, no, yeah, no problem. Spark of that consciousness. And you, you see these people don't have it. And you become sort of supremacist, conscious supremacist. So you see this, for example, in Marxism. We are the smart people who understand how equality needs to be instantiated. And so we, the enlightened ones, will enforce this with tyranny upon the plebs, this type of thing. The beautiful idea is used to shove the bullshit down people's throats. And part of it is, is cynical. Part of it's Machiavelli, where you're just using the beautiful idea to delude the stupid plebs. But another part of it is also... Um, Actually, probably a lot of people believe the bullshit. They believe that they stand for the righteous truth. I know many people I've met who are completely unconscious, who, who, who like they're, they're unaware of what they are and what they're doing. They're unaware of their secret resentments. They're unaware of what they're actually promoting. And these people are the most woke people I know. These right. people are the ones that are the most moral people I know. These are the people ones with the strongest con- um, conscious Gnostic crusades that I know. These are always the people telling me how we're going to leave our bodies and enter into a new reality of fairness and justice and equality and compassion these are the people who are like this mm-hmm. they're anti-life and this is what Nietzsche was sort of pointing out is that weirdly these not people, like you well I'll get to me in a second uh, <laughs> about, what you notice about these people is that these people who deny life have the have such an incredible capacity to hate they're the most spiteful and resentful and they'll mask it always in beautiful ideas it always comes in this way this is almost the most dangerous creature you can come across the preacher of equality calling for justice full of resentment waiting to just get their opportunity to seize power so that they can enact vengeance because that's really what sits inside their souls very very astute observation Mm. by him because he said this before Marxism, before communism. Anyway, what you start to see then is um, the uh, like a very interesting problem with the the vitalist idea because it's 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 maybe embracing violence and inequality in the laws of nature, and a lot of people don't like that. And I understand that. I don't necessarily want to get bullied by oppressive, tyr- tyrannical, violent people. I don't want like you know BAP to show up with a load of Brazilian oiled up bodybuilders and bully me into being like cuckolded <laughs> so to take all the women for the sake of the future. I don't want that to happen to me. You know the 
British conquered the Irish. I don't want that to happen again. The British are strong people. I don't want to see them getting all chat again and like losing their 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 guilty conscience right now and trying to take over the world once again. But I also understand that the the vitalist attitude, the attitude which embraces nature, embraces life, takes a very different attitude towards the plebs. Takes a very different attitude towards the fallen because all of us are fallen. All of us are part of nature, and some of us are gifted unequally with more power than others. And I see this showing up in the most benevolent possible ways the systems can be set up where it's almost like the, the way a brain could understand gut bacteria, you know, and a brain can try rebel against the body or a brain can turn around and say, you know, 95% of my serotonin comes from my gut bacteria. So my gut bacteria need to be fed with the most excellent food possible. I need to respect them and worship them. And they will create energy for me. And this becomes a sort of correct symbiotic relationship, a healthy symbiotic relationship. And I think that's a very, very possible way that things should be done going forward. And it's a very, very possible attitude that even though most people they can't be as enlightened as us, they, there's certainly just because they're fallen doesn't mean that they're necessarily um, we, we can discard them doesn't mean we can look at them as evolving into animals their nature must be embraced and they must be we must understand what they are and, and, and integrate them into an intelligent well put together system I think at its peak for but Catholicism achieved that. Many religions in the past have achieved it as well. And this is this is the ideal of what a, a really great social organization and religion would do, is that it gets these hierarchies, this caste, these separations of people unified together like a body. This is exactly why these naturalistic metaphors work so well. Um, I'll leave it at that because I've said an awful lot. Well, that's a, that's a quite a, quite a number of things to think about there, Steph. And I agree partly with uh, what you were talking about. My biggest issue, though, is not so much with the people who already have that inner fire in themselves, because I think that they're already in the kind of state where they can handle it. My issue is the reaction to a lot of these leftists. I, I don't want to go like full uh, horseshoe theory here. But it seems like there's going to be a very ugly reaction to the kind of things that the leftists are preaching, where now you're going to have people who yearn for the vital people, even if they may not have that vitality inside of them. And they're going to be ones that are going to be calling for censorship on the other side and the top down dictatorial rule, even though they would expect other people to do it for them. And that is like, what, what do we do about that? You know, that's well, that, that's a good point. I, like, well, this is a difficult problem. I'll say it very, very quickly, Ariel, and then I, I'd love to hear what you have to say. And um, first of all, the the basic idea and the most dangerous thing that you can you, you can look for is the reactionary problem. Like, I understand why people get reactionary. But if you're really thinking from first principles and thinking in your own feet and really asserting a reality that you believe to be true and you're not just reacting to the woke left, you're actually seeing this stuff clearly with crystallization and you're and you're approaching that with vitality. You're essentially in the right. If you're sitting there and becoming reactionary and are spiteful and resentment, I know a lot of people who don't like what's going on right now and I, I, they're in group chats and I talk to them and I just, and it's just complaining and whining and negativity. And they, they actually yeah. say what you're talking about. If they got power, you know, if, the, if you just said, right, you run the government, you'd all of a sudden see a lot of incompetent children um, doing very, very extreme things because they don't know any better. They haven't taught through what they're doing. They don't realize how complicated it is to get these things up and running. And um, so, yeah, I absolutely agree. Like the, there's there's that worry thing, thing you got to worry about. But that does that is not uh, a dismissal of the true 
question, which is what would it mean to find people who are vital on first principle and actually we're doing the right steps there? Because that, that's that's a d different premise. That's not talking about reactionaries. That's talking about something mm -hmm. else. Ariel, I, you're going to... Yes, Ariel, go for it. Yes, Ariel. Well, I think there's there's also something else, I mean, that's that's that never gets talked about and, and also is more uh, indicative of like the phenomenon that's happening. And that's that when we talk about individuals who are either you know on that side or this side or uh, against, uh, with us or against us or the left and the right or whatever it's not like like i find that like the people that i grew up with and that i'm friends with or that i was friends with um they all just basically like you know I, I, this whole thing has been sort of like this wonderful experiment for me because I, i've seen just the way that groups that that people act in concert in mass and they um, they sort of take on a, humanity takes on a different uh, a different aspect or like a certain form, and it and it and it and so so the idea of like that that there's these woke individuals and nobody wants to like basically like ever admit that they are woke themselves, but they they they, they certainly don't like it when people you know complain about being about woke people. So that, so some people actually come come to the defense because they think of those people as white right wing if they uh complain about it too much or uh for whatever reason but the point is that like there's like you know there's no such thing as either woke or not we're all woke and we're all not but uh as individuals we're, we're it's different for each person but but there's a a sort of super ego that sort of takes over and that we are it only happens it only exists in aggregate like in mass so 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 i think that like there's we're dealing with like you could teach all these people know better and we've 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 existed this long with somewhat i mean i've, I've been around for 40 years 43 years it's like i there's never been any kind of like a problem with my with knowledge grading up against you know common knowledge i mean this stuff is this is this is brand new problems we're having here where this is like back to the drawing board and maybe that's just because i'm just you know there's a um, I'm I'm an old an old fart and it's it's my time is is past but I'm just saying I know very well that like all these 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 all these reasons that we're entertaining for why the whole system is collapsing and all that that's all artificial man I mean that's this completely it's it's not like it hasn't been work, working it's it's been like an, it's been it's been a dysfunctional system of course but like it was getting we were we, we were we were doing well okay we were we were in it, it, there was there was this consensus um, and um and and then now now to make it make the kind of like argument that we have to like sort of like think of a new way to go forward because the plan obviously failed i think that's a little bit like that's just like not giving us uh, enough credit i think that like we got there's been some sort of penetration we've been we've been compromised there's somebody sort of like a uh, flip the switch somebody got into the fucking levers and basically like screwed screwed with some switches and 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 it punked us basically and we have to not take we have to not get uh discouraged by it we have to basically see that that it's been uh, it, it was just basically like a uh uh sabotage mm. we have to see it as that and we just have to get rid of that element and then go and, back and, to what we were doing before and by the way for those who are wondering uh hashtag geo harassment there was a strange thing going on in geo's room that i noticed some kind of an audio interference like a humming sound is there is it yeah. still there Yes, like so. Every time you unmute yourself, there was a slight like, brrr, like a humming sound going on. Wait, wait, is it still? 
I don't hear it anymore. Hold on. I don't hear it now either. Okay, so whatever you Oh, did, maybe it was just my... Like when I put it... Yeah, whatever uh, some Whatever you did, you got rid of it now. So it's all good. All right, all right. Yes. So uh, so anyway, Steph, I, I want to make sure that we're not going over your time right now because you have been incredible here. You are one of the wisest people I know on all of YouTube. <laughs> Listening to you is always a trip and a half, and it's always a great honor to have you, as well as the camera angle, which showcases the Giga Chad chin. That is uh, that is very nice right there. <laughs> so, Giga might be getting flattered by the Giga, uh, oh. the camera angle here. And um, yes. yes, I'm gonna have to go in Giga about chin. three minutes, I'd say. So, All right, uh, and before you go, I just want to say I really do want to get Georgiani in here. Uh, Gnostic Informant Neil, work your magic if possible, brother, and try to see if Georgiani can see the light in uh, taking back. I don't what know, he said love. About he was pretty definitive. Murdering, you know. It's hard, uh, enough, it's hard enough for me to get him on my show, so I don't know. <laughs> We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed about it, but uh, it should be an interesting experience were it to happen, and I would love to get Steph. And yeah, anyway, so uh, where could people find you, Steph? Uh, for those who do not know about Uber Boyo, your channel, I'm going to plug everything right now. Oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, just look up Uber Boyo on YouTube. It'll be plenty, plenty, that'll be plenty to find me. There we go. <laughs> any final, any final words uh, of wisdom for the good people no listening? Not at all. Not at all. Um, I, I think, yeah, we talked about lots of really interesting things here. As I said, I think the most important thing is just constantly trying to find established first principles that you can build perspectives upon because it allows you to interpret everything afterwards. Um, also, I did mention that book, Practical Idealism. I actually really recommend people read that. It's a really, 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 really interesting book. Kind of wild, but really, really interesting. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, there's not too much more to say other than that. Thank you, as always. It, I know it takes effort to kind of put all this stuff together. So Fair Play to you is doing the, the reaching out and the networking and the, the organization and the logistics. So I'm happy to see that the channel is chugging along and growing, guys. I look forward to seeing where it goes. Thank you so much, Steph. Almost at 10K, which means that you guys who are listening to this, subscribe right now. Also, somebody mentioned Keith Woods, and I imagine the following. My prediction is that if we get Keith Woods really, really high on cannabis, he's going to change his name to Keith Woods, and he's going to be doing live streams with a weed-friendly rabbi uh, smoking some He disavows joints. weed, Lev. He and... <laughs> disavows weed with Joel Davis. Don't even try. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to get him on the gentle green giant. Anyway, uh, yes. So I want to bring in right now King Salmonfish. If King Salmonfish is here right now, I don't think we're going to be streaming for that long. But King Salmonfish, you wanted it. You got it. I sent you the link. So if you want to step in here, be my guest. Uh, so, Steph, I'll, I'll, I'll bounce then to, to leave some room and, and whatnot. So I'll talk to you all later, gents. Talk later. to you soon, Steph. Yeah. Take care, brother. Right, Neil, Thank Gio, you. see you later. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya. Yes. So yeah, now uh, I, I yeah. There's one thing that Ariel said about uh, the reaction. I think um, a good quote that I forget who shared it. It may have been on Twitter. Uh, may have been either Barrett or maybe Petty Lincola stand himself. Uh, there's this tweet by Lincola that said, and it really like I think describes. A lot of people in these circles um it goes along the lines of you are warm and friendly as a person but your ideas are harsh and severe i think like that describes a lot of people especially in the online right to a t is that a lot of people are i guess 
they have a nice personality, but <laughs> your ideas are harsh and severe. So I, but I think like in this time in human history, there's a particular type of person that is being molded from that template. I think like it's within our particular time period that that's the case, how even t to navigate in some sense, you have to have sort of a filialty towards people that are on the same wavelength. But at the same time, a lot of people are starting to be attracted to very like harsh and severe ideas just mm. by out of sheer necessity of like how whatever you want to call it, clown world or whatever. I yeah, think, I think it's completely, I think that doesn't seem accurate to me at all. I think that like, no? like it seems that you say when you click, right? No, it seems like, it seems like throughout history, there's always been like the world, right? Like and the real hard truth about it. Like, you know, you sort of basically like you, as a kid, you basically like have that difficulty. And what's going on? There's some audio. Get older, you basically go ahead and show you guys something. Who's that? Yeah, I just I, made I, a video because I suspected. Where is that? I was going to add this. Where is that coming from? There is some voice. It's John Stewart. Because of what this was doing. Wait, wait, wait. Somebody watching John Stewart. Who's playing that? Hold on. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So, Neil, I, I want to make sure. Wait. Mark in this video. Hold on. I'm going to mute everybody just to make sure. It'll say, uh, by the Holy Spirit. I'll show you in just a second. Uh, Hold on. This is I weird. I feel, like this, notice this I feel like this stream has been possessed. Yeah. So, let me figure out what exactly is going on here, everybody. I'm closing every single window. Where is the sound sure coming from? Was able to read my comic. <laughs> All right, this is a little bit weird. I have no idea where all of that audio is coming oh, from. I feel like the stream has been possessed. I'm gonna put so this. let me see. Something must have been opened up here that got this. Is it King Salmonfish? Is that, is that who was doing that? Showing let me see. Let me bring the audio back on. want him to see. Hold on. What is going on here? Everybody, please bear with me. I have no idea what's going on. See, if it would be a hack, though, then there would be other languages here, and other than King. Oh, did you mute Neil? Brought in here. I am not. Shit, my fucking microphone was off. So let's see if we can work this out. Yeah. All right, the audio doesn't seem to be on any of these other things. I'm gonna close this one over here. And by the way, for the people who are listening to the stream, please don't forget to subscribe, subscribe, and keep subscribing. Patreon.com/slash/BreakTheRules. You know it. You love it. You appreciate it. So become a patron today. So I'm just going to keep closing all these windows and trying to figure out where this is coming from. Can you hear Let's me, love? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, some noise coming through or something? Yes, there was some kind of a, I have no idea what it was, but there was some dialogue that was going on in the background. It sounded like an old man who was speaking. <laughs> so I don't know. I thought I heard it some... too, actually. I thought I, I, I was looking sounded, at my tabs. It sounded like John Stewart. I was literally looking at all my tabs, making sure nothing was open. I thought it was me at first, and then you then you started talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this was some of King Salmon Fish's wizardry behind the scenes, but King Salmon Fish was the fault. damn feds, bro. It's wait, the feds. Gio, wait, Gio, were you listening to something at that point? <laughs> no, no, I was listening. No, I wasn't. Ariel Pink was up, usually, Hold I'm sometimes I listen to music. <laughs> we got hacked. I don't um, listen to John Stewart, dude. What happened to Salmon Fish? He's bounced already? I don't listen to John Stewart. No, no, Salmon Fish is going to be back in a bit. But yeah, this is very weird because I'm looking at all the tabs here. I am not seeing anything playing in any tab. So Dude, I, was I thought that was me. I was looking out. If you notice, I muted myself and I'm looking around. Oh my God. head open. I'm like, did I, did I play a music or something? And all of a sudden I hear you talk. I unmuted this tab and I hear you talking about it. I was like, oh, shit. Yes. 
so what so era what were you saying disagreeing um yes like you're saying that oh shit oh about people's ideas being harsh and severe but being friendly and kind in real life oh yeah 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 oh that's right so so um i i don't think i think that 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 it's really not a case of people being nice and having harsh ideas mm. um that's that's really just the kind of like uh, uh somebody that has that's from the perspective of somebody that basically is rejecting the difficulty that is the real world. And they basically have in, somehow uh, immersed themselves in some sort of cocoon that sort of like tells them that like the world could be kinder than it actually is. Mm. And, and so it's, 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 an, it, that's, that's a fallacy in my opinion. I think that like, you know, it's the world is more brutal than we ever, than we even, you know, expect it to be. Right, right. But there's ways around, you know, there's way there's ways to cushion that. But like what I'm saying is harsh ideas uh, is not something to uh, it's not something that like is entering from like outside and like sort of like, you know, being implanted in people. It's it's basically just like the laws of chaos and change. You know, it's like it's a fact of the universe. It's a harsh world. So mm -hmm. so anybody that like tries to like tell you that, like, you know, it's supposed to be better than it is, is just fooling themselves. And, and it obviously in has taken on an ideology that is completely irrational. I see where it you're coming be from. Supported. I, I think to me, another interpretation I mean, would be that it's no, it can't be supported. It really can't. It's like, it's right. like having, having kids like time to kind of decide the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, like <laughs> them to, to, to pay the bills every month. No, it's true. I think you have another for that, interpretation, for that but you can't, you can't actually give them the keys to the car. Yeah. Would be like, you're trying to fight fire with fire. So like, your ideas being harsh is like matching up to the harshness of the world. But yeah, I get, I get what you mean by that. You have, to be more, you have to be that. more harsh. You have to be more harsh. But also yeah, the, the harshness. That's, that's the, the problem fucking nails. Right? To, how do you conquer wickedness? Hmm. But also the harshness of the world. Wickedness? You, you have to be as. Yep. You have to be more wicked than the wicked. Hmm. But then so there's also how do you measure the harshness of the world? If you grow up in a particular environment where, let's say, you're the shy, you're living in the Shire and you're like Bilbo Baggins, and this is all you know, and there are certain you know har uh, you know bad things happening in the Shire, you know, there's some molestation or who knows what's going on with the hobbits there. Uh, you're not aware of Sauron. You're not the aware Shire? of Sauron. Yeah, like Lord of the Rings. You know, I'm just giving an example of people. Well, who so, so, okay, so, you, so you're saying, if, so, let's say you come from a small town, yeah, and you live and from you know rural Kentucky or whatever, or 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 rural Ukraine or whatever. Is that what you're getting at? Is that what you're, so? Let's say, let's yes. say like, Okay, so that's but I'm scenario. but I'm not even so they, getting so these much. These people are like innocent. Yes, but I'm not even getting so much of a small town as much as a country with a particular culture in it so like the u.s for example there is a particular right culture. right just insulated and, and yeah exactly and... and so when it's oh i have no idea what happened with ariel pink he's frozen right now there we go you're back now please continue you were frozen there for a second ariel can you hear me i'm taking off my jacket sorry no no problem you were frozen for a second so uh, yeah. please continue no, weird. all right i'm gonna continue then so when it comes to this kind of uh, mentality that people have when they live in a particular, I'd say, insulated culture, which I think the United States is a very uh, insulated culture in a certain respect, it's very easy to make judgment calls about what's happening on the other side of the world and make your opinions about how we're so terrible, we're so horrible, and no idea what's happening on the other side. 
No, but, 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 but the, for, with all due respect, the the insulated it's not the the people that like are in rural America that are sort of like you know uh, taking on this this sort of fiction that like you know life is like sort of like should be nicer than it actually is or anything like that. It's the people that like are world and have like you know basically like awareness of all different cultures and the you know the, the elitists basically like the people that are educated the people in cities and these people should have an understanding if anybody should about the the real the real sort of like you know the harshness of of, of the world and the sort of like the the, the they're, they're, they've they've ostensibly already like been exposed to all that stuff so they can actually kind of like mm. not be as scared of the other, you know. What yeah, I'm but a lot, but a lot of the like, elites, that, like, that, they, they live in. It doesn't fly as an argument. No, the elites, they live in their own bubbles. A it's lot a manipulation. It's, it's, sure. it's not not genuine. But I'm not it's even not talking genuine. about. I'm it's not, not even genuine. talking this about is, the this, people. This... Well, I'm not even talking about the people who live in the farms, uh, who live in the suburbs. Even I'm talking about the people who may live in any part of the United States where they're still not that aware of. Let's say specifically, if we're talking about people who are. Uh, rallying against the machine, they're rallying against corruption, they're rallying against the globalist state, whatever you want to call it. My concern is that when you have people who rally against these things, which is great, they look towards other situations in life that they've never been a part of. They would look towards the Bronze Age mindset or whatever as being the logical and best alternative to this lifestyle that they feel is very cramped and very censorious. And that's the issue for me, where they have no well, I think, experience I think at all with thing. that lifestyle. Well, I think that what 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 it, what it comes down to, and this is this is ties it back around to the to the Gnostic thing and the biblical thing, because in my opinion, it, it really is a like the idea of like some sort of progressive hope. Okay, like that we're like sort of like improving as we go along. As time, the more time passes, we're sort of like. We don't know where we're going, but we're the change is like a great thing, so that we basically like you know have to like basically like encourage it along and that kind of thing. Like I mean, that's just a, that that to me is is one of the dumbest things ever. Okay, I mean like it's it's one of the worst. Yeah, it's a myth of progress. Ideas ever. Pro well, well, can't you argue that change for change change is evil? Okay, like change is not a good thing. Change is the what it is, is it is it is inevitable. When it is, Christianity is the one thing you can count on. But like that does not mean you should, it's a virtue. It's not something that you want to so, encourage. So in Christianity, and, 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 so the Jews are right then. The Christianity should be because huh? Christianity is a giant change to Judaism. I think so. Wouldn't because and, and this is well, no to me. It's it, it's a it's a it's a perversion. Right. So but, this, it's, a, but it's the best perversion. Jesus. Possible. Let's say that. Let's go to the, let's go to the history. Right. Jesus, the historical Jesus, the one that actually lived on this planet, whether you believe he's God or not, he's in first century Judea. He doesn't like what he sees with the with the temple, with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He wants that to change. The hypocrisies. So wouldn't that be so don't you think that's that spirit of of that it's actually a liberal spirit if you think about it, what he's doing. Oh, you're gonna stone that lady. It's the spirit of Judaism. The spirit of Judaism flows through him. It's the spirit oh. of screwing things up so, and hating yourself. So and basically when you so when he when he sees a woman, to, it's the story of the Jews screwing it up with their God. I get that every get single time. It's, it's it's him doing the Jew thing better than other Jews. Yeah, but okay, he sees a woman that's about to get stoned to death because it's it's, just... a, it's 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 built into the thing. It's the 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 uh, the, the sort of like self destructive element that we've all taken on. We've all taken it on. 
Yeah, but it's like you, we're you take down the, the line now. You take the Old the Testament fucking, in context. Took the pill. We, 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 we have this the self-destructive pill. It's, it's the sign of the West. It's what the West gives I, the I world. I get what you're saying, but hear and me And the out. East gives something else. Hear me yeah, out. I can't you? hear any of you. So it's probably my audio or literally the whole thing's jacked up. So No, King Salmonfish, you sound good, buddy. Don't worry. I want to make sure that Neil gets a say, and then I would love to hear from the king of all the salmon fish. Thank you so much for all the salmon that you give to to myself and my family. Uh, I like salmon, even though I know Ray Pete is not a big fan of the salmon, but we're not going to get into that right now. Uh, Neil, go I w- for it. I want to make this point because I think this is this is important because it's like, there's this liberal spirit, right? Even the Bible talks about this. This being liberal is, is a good thing. And in the, in the, it talks about this in, in Proverbs. And what they mean by that is not what we think of liberal as like a bunch of like feminists. This is not the same thing. This, this, is, this is the spirit of justice, of actually wanting to correct the wrongs that are happening throughout the world, right? So, for example, Christianity wants to fix the... The, the ills of what they think of Judaism, as in the law being all there is, right? But Judaism actually comes out of the same spirit because they came out of Egypt and Babylon, and they see they, they see this polytheistic world of pharaohs and kings and, and emperors, and they want this— They came out of being—not having any power. Hold on a second. The point I'm making is this. Every idea comes out of a liberal mentality to change what is before it. That is inevitable. So I, I don't know how you can say change in, is evil, but it's almost inevitable. Like you have to – there is always going to be – It is inevitable. It, that does not make it good. Is what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is that just because something is inevitable and true and real does not make it a virtue. Those, In fact, and what I would say is go for the impossible thing if you want to be virtuous. Go towards what is not likely to happen. I, I'd like to stand – perfectly still and never move and have this moment never stop and never change. That'll never happen. I will Not still, the, the sands of time will come around me even if I st- stand here and I don't, and I don't do anything. There's nothing I can do about it. Change will happen. Yeah, I don't need to because the make, universe make, my, uh, the universe make my flag right, on the uni- change. The universe is not staying still. It's moving. It it's happens with whether we, we believe in it or not is the point. It's not yeah. a good thing though. Hold on to what you love. Is but what it's not I'm bad either. Do, do something impossible. But is it bad though? Because people What's change. That? Is, does that make it bad though? I, I think it, it, it it's it's it, it doesn't even it doesn't it doesn't need our input. It doesn't it doesn't have we don't it doesn't matter what we think about it. It's completely above us. More it's 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 alien. It might have been some sort of deal that was made back in time with the with uh, between Sophia and the and the Archons or something like that. I'm not sure, but I'm saying that like the idea of change is just basically like this. It's a necess. It's a it's something that we it's one of the things that like we can actually say with very very with a high degree of certainty is basically just reality the, the you know an aspect of nature the the, uh, the idea that like things don't change is is there hasn't been one example of that in all of history uh in in any in any book in any kind of fiction i've I haven't heard seen any kind of kind of uh like the uh, uh, Heraclitus, man that's basically you that's know, the cycle of life. So you, you're born, you know, maybe, maybe some god. There's like a god, you know, the Preambra or whatever, like you know, like something that like basically uh, uh, exists outside of time and all that kind of stuff. That kind of gets there, but like that, that doesn't even like say anything about like not changing. I mean, like like change seems to be one of the most uh, irrefutable facts of you know, it's like entropy and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Well, isn't so, that so, a very but anyway, not- what I'm saying is. Mm-hmm. 
we don't we don't worship entropy. The idea of progress and change being a virtue in and of itself seems to me to be a completely new, spontaneous uh, 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 fallacy that basically has been adopted by a a, a very uh, willfully negligent group of of of, uh, of uh, authoritarians and, and ideologues in 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 service to an aim, a specific aim, which is to derail this cat this system and to, to top of the United States in particular. That's that's what I think. Well, and the globalist United States, agenda. The United States kind of is one of the most liberal countries in in world history. It came out of the. I know. Came out. I know. Of that's the, why we, we the 18th we, century we, of French revolutionaries and liberal co- constitutional republics. This would have you, you realize that our the spirit of of the left comes from that. It's born out of America itself. No, but we're not we're not just a left country, man. Like we are a red country. This is that we've always been. In fact, back in the day, we were well. You we know, didn't come here to, because we hated Christian for the God or Christianity. We came here to have our own religions. We came here to be outside right. of the church, but we exactly. didn't. We, wanted, we didn't want to be under the subjection. Of it. Exactly, but a conservative in that time would have been loyal to the Church of England. Loyal to King Henry, that was what conservative meant. The, the terms conservative Trad, and traditional change; person. those things change, not just standardized. So, so what I'm saying conservative is, conservative doesn't necessarily mean no. But what I'm saying is, the, the 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 left in America right now, the spirit of justice and social justice and and changing and progress that comes from what we started in the beginning. That is, is America is is apple pie, basically, is what I'm saying. It's not. There's nothing. What I think you're right. I think it. But that's why we have case law. I get it. But, but when you don't, when there's no object to actually, for instance, the idea of progress, the idea that we can always we can always improve, right? And we're, we got to fix the wrongs of the world as we go along, as if we're doing that, as if we're doing that, anytime, at any time, as but as if by changing the laws little by little, changing the levers, we're actually creating a better world. That is an illusion, man. Like, I mean, there's no better world. We were no better than we were back then. There's nothing like that's like, oh, yeah. necessarily improved upon in I the think system. I think uh, uh, again, uh, Ar- Ariel, we're all still Ariel. But when you say that, and knowing the kind of lifestyles that people are living in other parts of the world right now, if you were to be have been teleported or transported to any of these countries right now, even take Russia for for, for an example, if you were to be teleported there, if you would have lived the I've life there. there You've been there just like people have been there who, when they were touring uh, communist Russia with the KGB showing them ridiculous things. Like you were in the main cities. You were not in the outskirts, right? Like you were not in little villages, right? Well, the point that I'm getting yeah, at right. is that, yeah, the point that I'm getting at is that it's very, it's it very easy. It's very easy for people. And, you know, we don't get censored. We don't get uh, gulagged by the secret police, at least right now, to Dude, talk I, about the problems I'm not like here. A fucking con- I- like, I'm a liberal too, man. Don't, don't, I know. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I see the benefits. Right. I, I mean, what I'm saying is that, like, it, it, without if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You, you you can go too far, is what I'm saying. Sure. Where you do yeah. the opposite, it, and it's because we we it's because because we're lifting the idea of leftism and liberalism as a virtue in and of itself. It's the wrong thing, man. Like mm. like like we have to have like just like. Point our aim of focus and just and it's it's just different with each thing. Man. Well, like, how do you define you liberalism? Because oh, you say progress change is, is one thing, nope. and then conservative is another thing. It's, it's nothing to do with that. Oh yeah, yeah but hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you define? I'm gonna go, and I I really enjoyed this. I yes. got another stream coming up pretty soon. 
Yes, and I and and, and Ariel, I, I think this is a good time for the stream to conclude. Neil, thank yeah. you so much Ariel, for coming in. You, I just want to say that I love you. So. And please follow Neil at the Gnostic you, Informant. I appreciate that. You guys, I, I, it was a great conversation. Yeah, this absolutely. Is we'll, we'll do it again soon. I'll see you guys later. See ya. Okay, thanks, and guys. And everybody, please follow Neil at a Gnostic Informant. I'm going to be finishing the stream soon. And again, Ariel, I really appreciate you being here, brother, and uh, speaking with us. It's always a great, yeah, uh, a great pleasure to have you on. And I want to say that there is going to be a stream coming up, which you guys are going to see via link to uh, right after the stream concludes. Luckily, YouTube has this function right now where you can do that. And it's going to be with a uh, Polish journalist named Tomasz Masiejuk. I hope I am doing justice to the way that his name is uh, being pronounced. But he's a very interesting uh, fella. He's uh, this very spitfire Polish uh, journalist who has a view about the things that are going on right now with Russia, Ukraine, and so on. And the reason why I chose him is... I think that there's been a concentration in, I'm not exactly sure where Ariel went to, but anyway, you know, the internet's kind of laggy, but uh, I have no idea where the geo is, so I'm going to finish this thing off myself. So here we go. The reason why I'm bringing uh, this gentleman in is because I think that there's been too much of a focus on what the Americans think, what people in the West think of the situation that's going on right now in Russia and Ukraine. And the problem is that a lot of these people have been tainted by a very leftist mentality when it comes to how they see the world, which is why I think it has been incredibly cringe, a lot of the adventure-style memes that have been coming out and the sense of complacency that you see in a lot of the normies when it comes to whatever's going on. So that's why I think it is important to get the point of view of somebody who has actually been in a country where they're is an emphasis on religion, you know, Catholicism, if we're talking about Poland. And at the same time, there has been an emphasis on being independent away from any top-down dictatorial rule. So a country like that, I think, has a good balance of uh, b both of these aspects that the United States has when we're talking about just now this uh, revolutionary independent spirit of the U.S., as well as this very conservative nature of uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I think Poland encompasses those two things, which is why, again, I hope that we're not going to be in a situation where everybody just rallies around one side or the other side, depending on their political persuasion. Anyway, I have no idea where Gio is, but we are going to go into... And yes, he won't rage... Look, this is a dude, by the way. There is a Russian TV program where he was on this debate panel, and this dude got confrontational with the Russians that he ended up getting punched in the face and there was like this whole brawl that was going on. So this is definitely somebody who is going to, and he met, um, he met Dugan, by the way, he actually met the guy and he doesn't understand how anybody takes him seriously, but that's, we'll get to the conversation. Yeah. Ab absolute psyop. Exactly. This is what BTR is. BTR is a giant psyop to get people to reconsider their opinions. Look how the sun is shining on my forehead. It's shining right in my third eye. That's how, you know, the, you know, whatever's going on here is uh, very fateful. Anyway, I am going to get to the Super Chats right now. Once again, everybody who is listening, be sure to like, subscribe, patreon.com slash break the rules. You know it. You love it. You must become a patron. If you don't become a patron, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say because we had an amazing stream, Patreon-only stream, that uh, you can see. 
if you uh, if you log in, and I guarantee that it is going to be one of the best streams that you have ever seen from Break the Rules. It's already done. You're not going to be able to uh, be in the chat, but the stream itself, it's with uh, Father Emmanuel Charles MacArthur, Cook McCarthy talking about the gospel of nonviolence. So if you become a patron today, you are going to see this stream. It is one hour, 19 minutes. I guarantee that you are going to have an amazing time here. So there we go. We are we are coming to the end. Let me just share the stream that's going to be on tomorrow. Hello, Gio. How are you, brother? What happened? Where were you? I thought you were abducted by a UFO. What, what the fuck do you want to do? You want to... What's going on? Sorry, I was in the wash. I was in the john. You were in the john. So here is the stream that we are going to have on Thursday. It what? Is going... So, no, I was listening. I was... Oh, please, love. I, I think I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> no, 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 want... no, no. Gio, here's the thing. I don't think you can skip this one because I need somebody to have a good faith discussion from your side. And if there's Lev, not going to be I, somebody... I highly doubt that you want to have a good faith discussion from my I, side. I do. I, <laughs> I do, Gio. Oh! I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything Sorry. negative. <laughs> just like, just like with John Greer. You remember once again, I was asking the people on the panel, and I think one of the problems was, was it was a very big Lev, panel. Too, too I'm many just cooks. saying, if we yes. do this again, if we do this again, yes. Please, for the love of God, just. Never, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Go, go to the super chat. I am Is going John to. John Greer. You mean Scott Greer? <laughs> We're gonna have John Michael Greer on the stream. That would be fun, actually. If we had John Michael Greer. Is he the um, UFO guy? No, no, he's the wizard that does the deep. Ecology. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember him. No, yeah, he's you... always on with um, with uh, <laughs> Meta Nomad, Meta Nomad. John Greer. I also um, I also like by the way how now there's this new thing on BTR the entity. So now there's this idea of there being like this entity, entity. that 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 hacks the stream and is able to do things. No, but but in all seriousness, Geo, I could tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I want to go through. Uh, topic to topic of all the things that you would bring up about the situation with Russia and Ukraine, and I want to treat it seriously. Do I get a as partner as, or no? Uh, for this one, Joel your partner. No, for this one, your partner is the chat. Just because, again, I want to have fewer people. I am oh, not come even. On. Oh, no, your oh, partner is the chat. The uh, chat is with you. You're, you're putting no, me into a candy I'm not shop putting match. You, right no, now. I'm not putting you into any match because the idea here is that I want you to bring forth all the best arguments and it's not no cutting off whatsoever and again i don't think i was cutting off uh, scott greer that much at all i was actually making his point for him for the other panel but again too many people and a different generational gap that's what it was yes. the gentleman we're gonna have on this stream no generational gap you should have fucking put him with scott greer oh you know oh yeah well i didn't oh, contact him mistake before. Right I, didn't, I, I didn't contact him before but you know how old he is He's uh, 30 years old, so he's actually No, but that's young. what I mean. It would have been, like, because you, you would have had, like, sure. a generational understanding between sure, the sure, three sure, of sure, us. Sure. Well, look, maybe, you know he'll, I mean? maybe he'll come back and the two of them will come back. I mean, you know, these things happen. Anyway, let us finally go sneeding the super chat. So I appreciate, again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tabs I have on my uh, uh, monitor over here. So just allow me to open this one up, the uh, Streamlabs tab. And, uh, yeah, but the thing is, like, my, my thing is I just don't want him to, like, immediately just shoot down, like, 
oh, you know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I don't, I, you know what no, I mean? Like, I don't no, want no, the, no, 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 I don't think it's gonna, once again, this is a guy who has been on uh, Russian TV. He met Alexander Dugan. Like, this is a person who is from this world. So I guarantee, like, there's not going to be any, like, snide comments about, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I want everything to be analyzed as far as if he disagrees with something you say, I want, okay, you disagree with this. Why do you disagree with this? What can we bring forth? And there was even a person who was commenting on the stream just to show you, Geo, how unfortunately some people's minds work, where he was saying, like, hey, Lev, like, you were always, you know, saying to, like, Scott Greer, you know, like, prove this or prove that. But when Mutet was talking about the kill list, you never said that to her, but that was a complete lie. Because, uh... Or, no, but, no, but the not difference is you were badgering... No, Lev, you were badgering, Scott. You were saying, name names, name names, name... It's like... That, I, I said name names only once after that, and then um, he commented and I commented. No, I wasn't badgering. Over, don't fucking bullshit me. You you had a different standard for me and Scott than you did with Mutet. <laughs> I had a different standard. Okay, first of all, Mutet is a lady, and I'm very respectful towards ladies. That's my Unfortunately, that's my You're nature. Apocalypse now. <laughs> unfortunately, my nature is that I tend to be very... Uh, very lady friendly when it comes to being a gentleman. No, no, as I'm, well I'm as... just no, I'm just saying like I don't want to talk about this on air, but like I mean, no, I I just think the thing was it, there was just too much like in the way of misunderstandings, and it just didn't come off very well. And I think like well, some of the shit ha- that was said was kind of fucking crazy. When you ha- look, when you have a generation- <laughs> disaster part. Two. When you have a generational gap, Geo, there are going to be misunderstandings, but that is, again, why I was saying, and you could look it up, you could go back to the stream, why I was saying that when Scott made a certain point, then I asked uh, the rest of the panel, okay, so this is what Scott said, uh, what do you think? Like, is there a legitimacy to this view? Look back like, on the stream. Thing- I, was, I was saying that. No, but Geo, like, let's be fair, I was saying that, I was not dismissing it, and in fact, when uh, uh, our elderly guest was making uh, a very different point, I wanted to bring back the conversation to what Scott was talking about so that we could stay focused. I was not successful in that, but the idea here, Geo, that I was somehow misdirecting is absolutely false. I was trying to get as much as I could, even if I disagree completely. I was trying to get as I much as know, I could that, out of it. I don't know. And that is exactly what I'm. And that is exactly what I'm going to be doing uh, this stream as well. I so just hope it's gonna, different. This put it this way. We're gonna we're gonna break ev- we're gonna break everything um, down. Anyway, look at the chat. Uh, I'd love Toe. to get. I, I don't know about Lev, but I would love to get Michael Millerman on. Os- Oscar Toe says chat loves Mutet. I want to have tea with her. Um, okay. I, I could probably I could probably pull Michael Millerman if. And and by the way, well, I I would want to pair him up with somebody, maybe like the gentleman we're gonna have tomorrow. But again, this is all a work. No, this it wouldn't all... be about like Dugan or Russia. I would like fuck that. If I if we ever had Michael Millerman, I would be more about. I'd be curious to know more of his uh, work on Heidegger in the modern world. Like I don't, I love. Listen, 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 people. I have to I have to stage an intervention, love. I have to tell you this, unironically, I'm not being... Well, I mean, my tone of voice is inflecting irony. Um, Lev, I think that the best thing in the last two streams, the Patreon only with Father McCarthy mm-hmm. and this one, is I think you have to get away from this particular subject. And maybe I don't think that this Thursday stream is the best idea for you. 
I disagree. I think we have to get away from it. I disagree. I already well, scheduled. If you disagree, we can be, then we'll see. We will see. We can but be I'm very just saying, de- Lev, as a friend, I'm just saying maybe it would be best if we cooled our jets for a little bit. The next, the next streams are not going to have but the subject other than this Thursday one. Current issue. It's the current flavor. Nobody seems to stop talking about it. So it's like we have to t- see. That's the problem. Like I said, this to default friend Catherine. It's like you almost have to talk about it because that's what everyone else is talking mm. about. And it's like that's even my but fucking not, opinion. No, but it's not even. It's not even talking about it. It's more about the fact that in the last streams, generational gap and too many people. And I agree that things did not come across as well as yes. they should have, as far as people understanding each other. They should have. I want to fix it with the following stream that we're going to have, kind of a retribution stream where people are actually going to be able to talk to each other. It's going to be an intimate encounter, just like we had with The Good Father, and I think it's going to be great. And I think that as long as everybody is in good faith mode, brings forth their conversations, then everything is going to be fine. It would be nice if you did that and I could see my own reflection here, but unfortunately, <laughs> I, just see, I just see the phone. You should do that on the oh, computer. Oh, I can't, like, I'm trying to, no, like... No, it's not going to work uh... out. Oh, there we go. Hey, hey, there we are. Look at that. Look at that. It works. Okay. So anyway, it's time for the Because I sharpen these. Yes. Uh, Okay. So we have, uh, first of all, ooh, ooh, we got, uh, we got two new patrons a day ago. I guess that was for the stream that happened with Father McCarthy. That's nice. Okay. And okay. Over here, ABC says $2. If you're reading this, it's too late. <laughs> That's nice. Next one we have. Uh, okay, next one. Oh, Massive like McGee. Two euros. Here's my super chat for love chuffing on a huge zoot. Yeah, he was talking about the oh, this thing. You know, like the it's like a giant joint over here. Oh, is that a sage pouch? That is a sage pouch. Exactly. Oh, there you yeah. Go. I was lighting this, you know, for the spirits. So next we have over here, and uh, of course that's demonic. So no, isn't sage supposed to be like uh, one of the church favored, like frankincense and myrrh? Isn't it supposed to frankincense, be frankincense, myrrh, and cornflower? Or I don't think I have to look that up. You may have just tripped me up. I have to do, actually look that up. If if uh, frankincense, uh, not well frankincense, but if sage is one of them. But I know that sage uh i remember like someone telling me that the wiccans it's sort of like an appropriation from either christianity or judaism i forget like there is certain things that these wiccans do that they don't even realize is like a part of i have to look that up i wonder if it is sage um (laughs) i love this comment from oscar gbp give give the mutat mommy club a wrench so when she's ban every terrible comment to her and by the way she actually wrote me back and she says that she'd love to come on again so there i I think we should have my friend dave martell on bizarre he said that during the gamergate stream he got pretty censored pretty hard that one i'm like oh i I, (laughs) that was a fuck come on love you gotta admit that was a pretty fucked up stream though the gamergate that was we should have got like well, we'll be like, who would be like, I guess, part of the SJW crew at the time? The zoo crew. Kiro the, zoo the crew. wolf. We should get Kiro the wolf. Well, he's out of jail now. So yeah. 
He's uh he's single and ready to mingle. Yeah. You know what's you know what's funny is that her good friend um too bad like she's so like you know never like uh blocked all of us but apparently your good friend Georgina was uh the the data darling was putting a hex on Putin on TikTok. No, so. but it does it doesn't work because he knows black magic so he can like, <laughs> really, uh... <laughs> So so take that yeah, Take the witch, that, Crowleyites! The witches Take were that. Brewing, yeah, like Dugan's probably brewing some immortality brew for him. And yeah, the, uh, back. no, but in all in all seriousness, no. The Gamergate stream, the problem I think is that we should have got an actual person who was there, and also Billy wasn't a good fit for that particular stream. I think that's probably what the problem hmm. was. Well, um, I, I wanted to get Black Sage D, but he was not available at that point. Like, Who's uh, the one guy, the the guy, the uh, the woke centrist one? Um, the, oh, fuck, what's his name? The one you like? That part of the whole. Uh, that's that's not yes. Get Sargon now. We should probably get Sargon. Oh, yes. The the, yeah. the gamer otaku. Um, short fat otaku. Short fat otaku. There you go. We. Can I get think that. he's too busy. I'm trying to get short fat otaku. He appears to be I'm too busy. Uh, we'll Sargon. We could get Sargon. Yeah, that would be a nice episode. Okay. He had the stream with academic. He debated academic agent on uh, reactionary, like the uh, the Italian school. Mm. Uh, I wonder. I have to look that one up. Apparently, Joel Davis. I didn't. I didn't watch it for those who watched it. But Joel actually ended up debating fucking Richard Spencer recently. Mm. Um, I, but it was on Keith Woods' own channel, which is good because it means, you know what that means, Lev? It means that people are punting the gun. No longer do you have to rely on the kill stream. No longer do you have to rely on the gun to get things done in terms of a internet blood sports debate. Mm. And Keith shout out. Wood, 13,000 views on Odyssey, which is amazing for Odyssey. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I have yet to look at that one. I'm pretty sure Joel fucking mopped the floor with Richard Spencer. Um, but I'm biased in that regard, obviously. Oh, we could get Richard Spencer, Lev. I mean, you can have a great discussion, you you two on uh, Ukraine. I mean, you've... <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we can. And by the way, shout yeah. out, to, shout out to Tux loves you. By the way, who's uh, working on the amazing uh, Super Mario clone with Ethan Ralph yeah. in it. Speaking of the gun, yeah, there was no blood. Ah, oh, too bad. Usually Joel, Joel would be fucking. I thought he would go off, but uh, Joel versus Academic Agent would probably be more spicy. But yeah, Tux loves you. Shout out to Tux loves you. Someone mentioned Medicare. Get Medicare. Uh, we would never. I don't know. We could if we could ever pull Daddy Jim. But Daddy Jim ended up reviewing Tux yes. Loves You's game, Super Gun 64. So he reviewed it in front of 20,000 live stream viewer. Or I think it was 20,000. Um, he actually ended up reviewing it. So big props, big shout out to Tux Loves You. Mm. Um, he's doing great things with Super Gun 64. Gun, uh, Neil Fleischman, Gun punted and felted. So. <laughs> Uh, it's so it's it's kind of adorable in a way how there is like this whole world where despite all these horrible things that are going on in life with all the invasions and bloodshed that there is this whole concentration built up of feelings towards this 
uh, towards this man with the protruding belly uh, whose father put his dogs into an oven. You know, like there is yeah. this fascination going on with this particular gentleman that's uh, creating an egregore of, of, of its own. It's quite a thing to see. Anyway, let's finish off the super chats. All right. Subject to change, four ninety nine. I like this channel. Take my money. Thank you so much. Right, thank you. Another one from ABC Geo. This is where Gerald Hurd bridges the Lev Christianity gap using evolution and biology. Hint: Christ wins. So who is uh, this Gerald Hurd gentleman? I gotta. Gerald I haven't. Hurd. I haven't Someone heard of him. I haven't heard of Gerald Hurd. Get, get Joshua Moon on. Um, <laughs> someone mentioned in the chat this. Um, they mention his his name, but his name is Brother Brother Augustine. Well, he was supposed to come in for the stream with um, instead of I don't even remember his name now. Instead of that that guy who does the Hollywood satanic stuff, what's his name? Jay yeah, Jay Dyer. Yeah, exactly. So he was supposed to come in instead of Jay Dyer. You know, after Jay Dyer said that he was sick, this was after Jay Dyer never told me that he was sick and instead said that he didn't want to do the stream. So after that, uh, he was supposed to come in, but then his priest told him not to come in, so he didn't come in, and uh, we ended well, up Well, Michael having... Wilcock? Why? Uh, no, no, I'm talking about uh, the guy you mentioned right now, the Father Augustine gentleman. He was not able to come into the stream because his uh, priest uh, told him not to come onto the BTR stream. So, why though uh i don't know because it's bad to debate about these things according to the priest i guess i don't know what if what if we were no just... no the priest told him i think i don't know if the priest told him to do like a response video instead of doing the debate or that's what he may have recommended like he, he oh may have said... i i okay i understand yeah, yeah okay i understand so maybe a better thing would be if we just interviewed him like us two and him as like not a debate per se, but um, maybe just a stream with him because apparently he does have a pretty decent following and he has a pretty popular voice. You know who another thing, but I don't think he does any interviews or live streams is uh, Father Spyridon, but that'd be a dream come true. But uh, no, well, I think uh, it, it Michael nice. Wilcock, Brother Augustine... Well, it would Maybe be nice to get, it, to get any of them together with uh, Father McCarthy. I think Father McCarthy's just started on uh, appearing on streams. I think that would be a very interesting. I would love to get all of the Christians. Oh, I would love to get all of the Christians who are in favor of like you know the the uh, war mentality and to bring them on to uh, speak with uh, the wonderful gentleman we had on for the uh, Patreon episode, which once again, patreon.com slash break the rules, because, uh, you know, it's, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to kind of get to the nitty gritty of what it means to be a Christian. Anyway, uh, next uh, super chat we have over here from ABC, uh, no, from Massive McGee. Two pounds. Address the, address the entity. I still have no idea what that was, Geo. I think that was probably Gnostic Informant playing something, but I don't know for sure. I think, like, because he wasn't in the chat. I could mm. just imagine a fucking... Uh, who's the guy um, that does the top 15 videos? Number three. I don't know. A this lot of podcast had a strange voice that they couldn't explain. You know that one. <laughs> I just imagine that's like a whole like community on YouTube that does that shit. There's know. they get millions of views. You have like Next Pro. You have like um, you have uh, 
Mr. Creeps. Like the the you have Mr. Ball and like the whole like creepy and strange story YouTube. That's like huge content. That's like yes. millions upon millions of views. Yeah, yeah. We should do this anyway. Vigano, get Vigano on. Who final, Vigano? F- final, final super chat from uh, our main man Glass Cake. Shout out to Glass Cake, wonderful animator, and also somebody who did exquisite animation for the new Adult Swim series, Smiling Friends. If you guys have not seen Smiling, oh Friends my God, yet- Glass Cake! You fucking work for Smiling Friends? Yeah. Holy shit! I binged that with my best friend, who is also in. Uh, you know, he went to. Uh, he actually went to Mohawk for animation. Um, oh my god! Fucking Smiling Friends with Oni and Psychic yes, Pebbles. Yes. No, not only. Not only is I mean yeah. just Psychic Pebbles. Mm. And uh, oh my god! Fucking Smiling Friends is one of my favorite yeah. new shows. I, Gla- Glass Cake told me a very interesting story about what transpired there. I would like to do later on an animation stream and bring him on. Are they doing season him... two? I hope I, I hope two. I hope so. Do you know what part, by the way, he animated? Do you remember that part with the uh, like the bizarro versions, like the evil versions of the two main characters when uh, the um, the the boss came in with the gun? You remember that point? Oh, yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's what oh, he did. He did the- the nihilism yeah. one yeah oh my god yes where he, he comes in with the with the ar-15 Mr. yes Boss. yes exactly he's like, yeah. oh, no, like he starts pissing himself oh that was and by the way geo do you know who does the voice of mr boss who mark m of sick animation oh yeah that's right they had um they had david firth uh solid fingers they had the guy who's the guy's name that does mr yeah. plinkett Mm. Uh, oh, and Glass Cake just said yes. It got renewed. Oh, amazing! Amazing! Bravo! Bravo! Congratulations! They oh, wait, had, oh wait, wait, um, Glass Cake. Could I tell? Could I tell the story of what you told me about what happened behind the scenes as far as uh, the um, you know with the animators that situation? So let me know. Like, you, j- you know how I yes remember no. the top fifteen guy because there was a section <laughs> where it was the uh, the shrimp man one. He goes into the store and they had the guy doing the cameo that do- that does has that voice. I want a number three, number three. Like he he actually cameoed. Um, another cameo. Uh, I, f- I forget who else did the lot. Of, like like a lot of like the I think a lot of Newgrounds people did cameos and stuff. Like I know Solid Fingers, but there was other people. Um, did 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 Oni and Psychic Pebble start off in Newgrounds or no? I, I'm pretty sure, yes. I mean, Newgrounds was around for a very long time. I only really got involved <laughs> with Newgrounds around 2016 when I went to their uh, when I went to their office party. That was uh, yeah. I don't rem- okay, so uh, I don't remember what I told you. So preferably not. All right. So later on behind the scenes, I will kind of check with him exactly. You know, I want to be. Toe. I want to make sure. I want to make sure not to bring out you know d- uh, things that were said in the DMs out in public. Anyway, uh, uh, glass cake. He said, "Kiss." Uh, this is for three pounds. He said, "Kiss and makeup boys." So there we go, Gio. Are you ready oh for this? Are you ready for the smooches? Are you ready for the big smooches, Gio? Come here, it's Italian. Ben. Yeah, yeah. You ben. know, you know, like Tony when he uh, made up with uh, <laughs> I forget. I think it was Tony Blundetto. Where he's like, he looks at him like, all right, you know, pat on the back. There you go. 
Now, Gio, in all um, in all seriousness, I'm gonna say again. I know you said you have to prove like, yourself this, is, this, is, this, is, this Thursday. The, I hope you know the, that. I I don't have to. Then prove. I got two fucking streams I, in a row after have, that. I, I don't have to prove shit. I'm going to be like I always am, and uh, the audience. You better be not. Like, no, you better like, be on your best behavior because it's just one against two right there. So no, I'm I'm going to be I'm gonna be fair like I always you am. You better cut out with left, the geo harassment. That why left, am I doing? I'm left-handed, by the way. People don't know I'm left-handed. That's why my. I have and to get more comes, painting videos on. And listen, listen, when it comes to the chat, and not only Super Chats, although those are always appreciated, not only Super Chats, but in general, if you guys have questions as far as anything uh, that the guest would say that you would disagree with, if you have Oh, like, we ignored actual, a Super Chat? Uh, I hope not. I mean, I was looking here. So, I, uh, we... I was looking through the uh, list over here in Man, Streamlabs crazy symbols and then, type well no no i said the gerald heard i said that before i could say it again geo oh. this is where gerald heard bridges the left christianity gap using evolution and biology hint christ wins so i'm going to i'm gonna take you know what guy that. i read back in the day whatever happened to francis collins i had his uh evolution in uh theistic evolution book um that was a great read i read that when i was like in high school i think Mm. I think he's similar to Gerald. Hare. Whatever happened, yeah. Francis Collins? Is he related to um, Jackie Collins? You know the, the no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Tonavai, Tonivai, Tonivai, Tonivai. Mm. That's interesting. That's anyway, interesting, anyway, like like I said before, despite whatever disagreement i have with uh anybody when it comes to the russia ukraine stuff just bring bring up all the things that you want to bring up and let's just go with them you know step by step it's not going to be a too many cooks in the kitchen situation since there's only three people there and i don't even want to speak that much about the thing so i really want to just be you know all chips on the table here Everybody just talking about exactly the issues that are at hand, as well as being able to weigh one issue versus another, you know, just to have a better, a better view as far as what the priorities on as we go through this mm -hmm. uh, hellscape right now, both in the West with the gas prices and whatever situation may be happening with Russia and Ukraine right now. So again, I really want it to be, you know, as transparent as possible. Anyway. This is the end of the stream. Thank you very much for all the sneedings of the super chats. Thank you for becoming patrons. You know what I want to do? That farm stream that was supposed to happen, I want to make that farm stream a Patreon-only stream. So for the people who want to learn about the uh, best ways to save during, uh, you know, during the apocalyptic time we're entering into with the gas prices. This would be the stream for you, but you would have to sacrifice some, uh, some uh, scratch when it comes to becoming a patron for Break the Rules in order to find out this very vital information to ensure your, yours and your family's survival. So that is your only hope for the future. Exact Mundo Telemundo. Anyway, take care. Please everybody. donate to Patreon or send us a manual typewriter. <laughs> oh man! Oh, if, only, if, only he would, if only Francis C. Deck was alive, he would be. He would be an incredible. He'd be a regular guest. on BTR. Oh, absolutely. He'd. Uh, all right, here Who we go. Richard Dolan. I know, probably related to Uncle Dolan. Uh, all right, everybody, take care. Mwah. Good night, everybody. God bless. And